0: Video games. What are they? How do they work?
1: Well, there's like buttons and a, you need no, a I screen. I don't understand. I don't get it. This I doesn't know. make any sense. I don't know. It's some sort of witchcraft. Uh, I don't trust them, <coughs> but I love them. <laughs> I don't understand them and they frighten me, but I'm
0: going to play them. <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to talk about them
1: and we're going to figure out which one's the least scary. Um, the least frightening, <laughs> trying to think, <laughs> okay, I lost, so wh- I lost the plot on that one. <laughs> let's, let's start,
0: let's start, let's, let's kind of think about that then. What is the least scary video game?
1: Uh, I had a Blue's Clues one on the PlayStation 1. Was there anything bad that could happen to Blue? I don't think so, nope. Or St- Steve? It was Steve, I think at the time, yeah. How many, of, what was the other one, Joe? Joe. I was a huge Blue's Clues yeah. kid, too. I stopped watching when Joe came around. I was I aged, I had aged out of it by that point. I was going to say, I, knowing how old you are, I, I would feel like even that was probably too late. I uh,
0: might have been, yeah. <laughs> hey, you like what you like. I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum.
1: I like solving mysteries. I think they brought Blue's Clues back not that long ago. I, but Blue was like 3D is all I remember from it. That kind of sucks. It was like Blue and Magenta hanging out. And they were both 3D models. I don't care for that. No. That's all I know about it. <laughs> Literally the only thing I know. Did you see they're bringing back King of the Hill? No.
0: Really? Why? Uh, also seems like a bad idea. Yeah. But uh, what is dead may never stay dead.
1: Yeah. What What are they going to do with King of the Hill? Is King of the Hill going to be accepted in today's climate? I'm really afraid it's going to be like,
0: God damn it, Bobby. It on TikTok all
1: day. God damn it, Bobby! The proletariat.
0: I'm a f- uh, flossing
1: dad. <laughs> kids are still flossing, right? I yeah, I think so. But it might just be it. Might just be people our
0: age flossing now. <laughs> all the kids aren't flossing; they're playing video games, which is what we're talking about here today. Yes, a full month plus after the year itself has ended. Brendan and I have joined together to talk about
1: the best games of 2022. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of video games. We had to catch up on them. We needed some extra time to play them. And I don't know about you, but I didn't. I sure didn't as well. So this is something (laughs) I wanted to, before we get into like our
0: categories, we've got a few categories and then our personal list of the top ones. Uh, I feel like there were a lot, there were a lot of games that came out this year. This Mm -hmm. is true. But... Nothing excites me. Like I look over the list of things I didn't play and I'm like I don't there I don't really feel super guilty about having skipped a lot
1: of these. It was kind of a lean year. Yeah, yep. And even the ones I did play, I'm like, was that even this year and does it even deserve to be mentioned? It was tough. <sighs> what this happened? was a hard year for picking a favorite. The I feel yeah, the top of
0: the top of my list I feel pretty good about, but overall yeah, kind of. I feel like last year I was like, well, this is a bridge year. You know, we're fresh off of COVID. Like, everyone's delayed all their games. And like, ne- but then next year, next they'll finally catch so back good.
1: up. Yeah. And then did they?
0: But now I'm even doing the same thing, looking at like the calendar of 2023 game releases. I'm like, this year's going to be sick. Everything got pushed to 2023 and it's going to be awesome. Oh, I
1: can't wait to talk about Callisto Protocol. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
0: I I doubt either of us are about to talk about Callisto, uh, maybe in, like, a few specific categories. I haven't we'll played see. it. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, uh, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, I was, too, as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, not not the best year, but there was enough that I was like, okay, well, I wasn't completely bored. I feel like I played a lot of non-2022 games this <laughs>
1: I did. Year. Yeah, I played a lot of 2021 like indie games. All of like a lot of the ones on my list for 2022 are also just indie games. Like little small yeah. things on Steam that I found throughout the year. Yep. Uh, so I guess it was a good year for indie games.
0: Definitely a good year for indie games. A lot of those on my list are also indie games. A good year for Xbox Game Pass bringing indie games out. Mm-hmm. A lot of them launch like day and date on Xbox Game Pass, which is Good, because I these days I'm not buying a ton of games anyway, unless it's like the big, big, big game release, like a God of War or an Elden Ring or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was nice to have Game Pass this year for like the smaller things that might not have even been on my radar unless they were on like a splash
1: screen on my Xbox. Mm -hmm. And then like, oh, actually, this was surprisingly good. Yeah, I'm considering buying an Xbox just for Game Pass. Because it does it's, seem to be very worth it. It's the best value in gaming. I mean, yeah. you do pay
0: a pretty good amount for it, but they always have sales on it. And like the the library of games that are permanently there are good. And then, then they're always bringing in like really good titles. Like this month, I think they added uh, Persona 5 Royal and like Persona 4 Golden
1: and Persona yep. 3. That's good. Um, I have all of those, but still very good but for people. who, But if for people, for people don't, who don't, Persona 5 Royal is very good. Highly recommend it.
0: I think this might finally be the time that I play because I do own it on PS4. Mm-hmm. But when it launched on PS5, they didn't have any sort of upgrade path. No, no. Persona 5 Royal was a different uh, skew than and Persona I do, five. And I do own Persona 5 Royal on PS4. Hmm. Yeah. But they didn't have like an upgrade path for that to upgrade the PS5 version. You would just have to straight up buy the game all over again. Yeah. So I, knowing that they were going to be releasing the Xbox Series X version of Persona 5 Royal on
1: Game Pass... I haven't touched it yet, and now I'm very much looking forward to it. I wonder if it really makes that much of a difference for a game like that. The, so stylized. <laughs> Probably like, not. <laughs> I think Probably the graphics not. were already as good as you could expect them to be. But I need them to be the best they can possibly be. Because <laughs> yeah. it's already a very pretty game. It's got style style coming out the ass on that game. Oh, yeah. Style It's nothing but style. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: uh, basically yeah <laughs> basically yeah and that's why people love it or hate it I don't know I guess I love. we're it. not going to talk about it today although we already just we did just for did. We did. a pretty good amount of time <laughs> that's old news Brendan I want to talk about new news new old news new old stuff because this is all also stuff that didn't come out in this calendar year but we're going to talk about it anyway Brendan it's time to actually talk about video games let's talk about video games Let's talk about Video James. So we have a list of categories here, Mm -hmm. similar to what we did last year. uh, You know, these are maybe not games that will make our personal top 10 lists, which we'll get to in a little bit, Uh, but they fit into other categories that, uh, you know, just a fun way to look back on where we've been in these past 12 months. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. Category number one, this one is called uh, Remember This One? Mm -hmm. This is basically a list of games that came out in 2022 that you might have heard about in passing. And then either, you know, it didn't realize it it ever came out or like the buzz died from it really quickly. And then you kind of look back on it and you go, oh, that that did come out this year, didn't it? Yep. Of which there was like a billion games that fit this exact description in 2022. 2022. Ooh, hard to say. Uh, Brendan, hey. Hey. You, you, do you remember a little game that released on the Nintendo Switch called Mario Strikers Battle League?
1: Oh, yeah, that did happen,
0: didn't it? I feel so bad about that one. Is that? <laughs> I just, it's, that should have been. It should have been the triumphant return. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I really liked the one on the Wii. Right. And even that one, I feel like people didn't play that much as opposed to like the cult classic GameCube original game. Mm -hmm. But from my understanding, like this game... Battle League was basically, it's it's
1: basically exactly what you want, but I feel like it had no buzz when it came out and nobody's playing it anymore. Is it what you want? Because I've, I've noticed a trend with um, the Nintendo sports games where they're getting very generic in a way that like is bad for them. They used to be kind of like wacky and over the top and there was always all kinds of crazy stuff happening. But like with the tennis one uh, and I think the golf one, even it kind of feels really like sterile in a way. If you'll recall, uh, last year,
0: my most disappointing game was the Mario Golf game. Yeah. Um, So you are 100% right. They're getting way too safe with the sports games on the whole. Mm -hmm. Um, But for this game, I mean, I I don't think either of us can directly speak to it because neither of us played it, which (laughs) is kind of why it's on this list. Um, But I don't think it fell into that same trap. I think it was kind of... From what I heard at, at the time, which was little, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it was kind of delivering on what people wanted. But maybe I guess just
1: <laughs> nobody really wants this. I think I think I do. I Yeah, I thought I wanted it. Uh, and then it came out and I completely forgot about it. Maybe now's the time. But like,
0: I'm not going to spend $60 on Mario Strikers Battle League. No. I'm not even going to spend $40 on Mario
1: Strikers Battle League. No, I'll play it at like a friend's house if they've got it. But I don't know anyone who I literally don't know anybody who owns this game. I don't either. I I had forgotten it came out, so perfect for this category, perfect for the list.
0: <laughs> uh another one that we already mentioned. You kind of spoiled my surprise here, Brendan. Was of course the Callisto Protocol. Mm-hmm. I see. I would have
1: actually thought that was this year. I thought that was a twenty twenty three December. So oh. g- close. Yeah, but the build up to that game like
0: it looked so fucking good mm-hmm. and then bombed so hard in reviews that it just i think it killed the excitement for every single person alive
1: yep yep and then it was only like a month until the dead space remake came out and that's what everyone was excited about was that Closter protocol was like a new dead space so that got bad reviews and dead space is coming out so why bother
0: I I was so hopeful for Callisto Protocol and had zero faith in the Dead Space remake being what I Mm -hmm. needed. I was like, okay, I'm in the mood for this game and Callisto Protocol is going to be it. It's going to be that game. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And then the Dead Space came out and apparently is. And yeah, it's like Bizarro World. I would never have expected it to have gone this way.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that's what happens when you get your hopes up about a game. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently people like that now. They, we've, we've, no, how, they're
0: lying. How quickly we forget. <laughs> they're full of shit. <laughs> nobody Nobody actually. I likes still
1: that have game. my sealed in plastic copy on PlayStation 4. I got like the special edition. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause I think I got like a sweet discount on it at target cause nobody was buying the game. I got it on Amazon. I want to say for like 20 bucks, like right after it got taken off the PlayStation store, I bought it as like an artifact. Like you can't get this on PS4 anymore. (laughs) I completely forgot that they took it off of the store. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. But, but, like, in in defense of the game, that wasn't because it was such a fucking dumpster fire that they took it off the right. store. They took it off the store because the company was like, go get a refund from Sony. And Sony was like, right? fuck you. <laughs> no way. This isn't my fault, man.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about how bad that that whole situation truly was.
2: <laughs>
1: Oh boy, yeah, but apparently that's that's come back in a big way. I think it was the anime really uh, did a lot for people. People seem to be into it. Yeah, the world seems cool, and I like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I mean it seems fine, but it. I played a little bit of it when it first came out, and I was like, nah. Even without all the problems, it just was. It seemed fine. Well,
0: maybe someday they'll figure it out, but <laughs> unlikely. Uh, Brandon, Brendan, you might not have even heard of this game. Uh, have you heard of the game called Somerville? No. Like the the city in Massachusetts? Like the city in Massachusetts that we know and love so much. Uh, it was made by a bunch of ex Play Dead people who mm-hmm. made Limbo and Inside. Um, and seemed to be like the next, kind of like the spiritual successor to those games. And was going to be, if you love those games, this is going to be exactly what you want. And it launched uh, on day one on Xbox Game Pass. And people were just like, um... I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I think it got like sixes and sevens. This isn't quite what we wanted. No, I that was maybe a personal one for me where I was very hyped up because I do love those other games. And then, yeah, it just seems like I don't I don't really want to play one of those games. That is like a seven.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm playing that, I want it to be like a nine or a ten. There are enough of those games at this point with like little nightmares and everything where you yeah. don't need to settle. <laughs> you can you can find good ones. That's exactly it. Yeah, I'm not going to spend four
0: hours just kind of shrugging. Mm -hmm. You know, I want something worthwhile. And apparently that was not it. Hey, Rainbow Six Extraction came out this year. Oh, is that a different set its own game? It's a new Rainbow Six game. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's the one that I'm pretty sure when it was announced was called Rainbow Six
1: Quarantine. Oh, is that the one that's like based entirely on an event they did in Siege? Where, mm. like, you're fighting zombies or some shit? I, uh, <laughs> I, you're asking the wrong guy. Okay, I think, I think that's what it is. I think there was, like, a timed event in Rainbow Six Siege where you were, like, facing off against, like, mutants or zombies or some garbage like that. And people really liked it in Siege. Okay. So they were like, well, let's make it an entire game. And everyone was like, I think you missed the point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was just so wild to me that, like, the next Rainbow Six game came out after Siege was still I mean people still play people still that still play game. it, yeah. And this just I you'd never heard anything about it. Nope. So, uh that game came and went just as Evil Dead the game did.
1: Oh, that's right. That was a thing, wasn't it? I don't even really know what that game is. I don't either. Uh is it like a horror survival game? Is it like an action? <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't know. Shooter? Like I don't have any idea. Is it an asymmetric multiplayer game? I was going to say, is
0: is it like a Friday the 13th kind of
1: thing? I literally, I don't have any clue. I have no idea. There is one of those that came out this year that I'm going to throw on the list real quick. uh, Yeah. Which was the uh, Dragon Ball Z one. Oh, the br- Breakers? I think so, yeah, yeah, where, where it's asymmetric multiplayer, one person plays as like a villain from Dragon Ball Z and everyone else is just like a regular person, I think. Like not That's even really one of the funny. Z fighters, you're just like kind of a, a person running around. That's really good. Uh, I would have played that, but I think there's a there's an entry fee and I don't care uh, enough about it to, to pay like, I think it's only like no. 15 bucks even. Well, uh, okay. So f- for $15 maybe. Maybe. But even then I'm like, ah, I just want to see it. I don't really want to <laughs> You and me
0: don't have enough friends that like are are also interested in that too. So if it's like a multiplayer game, it would be you and me and nobody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I completely forgot about Yeah, it's $20. That game. Okay, that's just, not that bad.
1: No, it's not that bad, but it's still $20 more than I want to spend on not going to another it. asymmetric multiplayer game. Again, we've, we've had enough of, it's just like you said with
0: Somerville, like there are so many of those that like, if there's one that is not doing something new or mm-hmm. amazing, like what, why
1: waste and the most time of and the money. other ones are free at this point. This is true. Like I could go play, what is that? Dead by daylight. Yep. I could play that if I want to, which I don't Do you want to No. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I didn't think so. Do you want to play Gotham Knights? Uh, no, <laughs> I was never interested in that. <laughs> me, me, either. Which is so shocking. When like I am a huge fan of the Arkham games,
1: mm-hmm. and not at any single point did this game ever interest me. No, I only played the first two Arkham games, and I was like, that's enough. I see what we're doing. This is this is fine. And then the third one is like, now you have a tank, and it's like, uh hmm.
0: I'm all right. The tank is very much a love or hate kind of thing, and yeah. I did
1: love it. <laughs> People seem to, but I, I saw it, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. It's, it's not
0: the best. It's it probably, yeah, of those three, it's probably the worst one, but I still got a lot out of it. But the other two games, especially Arkham Asylum, I like kind of the focused metroid yes.
1: nature of that game. I thought Arkham Asylum was very good. Arkham City kind of lost me a bit. Yeah, it, it it kind of, I don't know,
0: I feel like it leaned... Really heavily into open world stuff, like kind of at the beginning of when everybody started making open yep. world stuff. So for better or worse, it it does all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think it is still a great game. Yeah, it was still good. But Gotham Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? And it seems like it like performed poorly, like like. It seems like it didn't run very well based on videos I saw on Twitter.
1: Oh, really? I didn't see much about it. I had some friends playing it at the time, so I could see that, like, people in my friends lists were playing it, but I think uh-huh. that's, like, the extent of my exposure to it. Yeah.
0: No, it's it's just that, and that is what is so shocking about, like, the next game in
1: that series, and it's just nothing. It kind of reminds me of, uh, what's the one that came out? Gotham City Imposters. Oh, that is an entirely different beast. But I did
0: play that game. I played that game a lot because I bought a PS3 off of a friend of my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that was the PlayStation Plus free game for that month. Yep. So that was like one of the very first PS3 games I owned was Goth- Gotham City Imposters, And I played a pretty good
1: amount. Of it <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Brink. Not to spend too long on a on a PlayStation Three game, I, <laughs>
0: downloadable game from like two thousand eight.
1: Yeah. Uh, that game was I don't know it was going it was going for something. Was it? All right. Well, that's what it that's what uh, Knights reminded me of. It's like we're trying this again, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, unfortunately, it was not a success. A game that I do think was a success, but I haven't thought about. At all, and I'm really surprised by this. Is Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope? Yeah,
1: I I, you were pretty stoked about that, if I remember correctly, because you really liked the first one. Loved the first one. Yeah. So, what was it about this one that that you think kept you away?
0: I feel like it came out at a weird time when I was either not playing games at all, or I was like very invested in something else. Mm -hmm. It was it kind of came out, and I went, "Ooh, yeah, okay, I got to keep tabs on this, and like this will be." my like christmas time game when i'm like got downtime and and want to play something on the switch and uh i just never did that i never came happen. back to
1: it yeah so i saw a little bit of gameplay on that one and it looks to me like they did away with the grid that they had in the yeah. first one and so now you can like freely move your characters around uh you still have like so much stamina that you can use kind of like um there's an anime game on the PlayStation 3 uh, Valkyrie? Valiant Hearts yeah, Valkyrie or something like that? Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of that, almost. It was yeah, a different
0: slightly different it, It's <laughs> I, I don't know, it seems to me like based on what I heard, like they improved on the original game in almost every way for this one. Huh. And then just, I just I just didn't play it. There's not enough fanfare around it, yeah. If it ends up I mean, the nice thing about this is it's a Ubisoft game, not a Nintendo game. Mm -hmm. So it could very easily end up in like a $20 sale even within this year. Yeah. Yep. So should that moment come, that probably will be the time that I decide to jump on it.
1: You'll have to let me know. I never finished the first one. uh, It's good.
0: It's just, you know, a different way to present those characters and is like a fun like – Less stressful XCOM to me, like XCOM. Yeah. I feel like I have to do everything perfectly, or I'm not giving, getting everything out of that game that I want uh, to. Yeah,
1: I tried to play the XCOM Enemy Unknown, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I saved after every move. And if anything mm-hmm. went wrong, I reloaded. And I did that and I played for 40 hours. And I think I still lost because yeah. my base building wasn't good enough. So then, like, the what? aliens invaded, Why? and I lost outside of, like, an actual mission. And I was like, oh, well, uh, I guess I'm never playing this again. I guess that's the end of my time with XCOM, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbids uh, seems like it was pretty good, and there's a sliver, there's a spark of hope that, that I will, will be able to play it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Fred, at a game that we both checked out in some capacity, but you might not have thought again, uh, you might not have thought of this again until this moment. Uh, how was your time with Roller Drome?
1: I think I only played the demo for that. I think I did as well. Uh, and I didn't like it. No. Uh, I, in fact, I kind of fucking hated it. <laughs> I wanted it to be cool because I love the idea of like a rollerball game, um, like a Tony Hawk with guns. Yeah. Almost. Well, have you ever seen the the old? I think it's a '90s movie, maybe early 2000s, Rollerball. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I think I know what you're talking about. That's what I thought the game was going to be, uh, where it was like a sports kind of game, but you are shooting each other and like that kind of thing. And it's not that it's like an arena shooter kind of wave based thing. It's like kill all the enemies, but it does also do the Tony Hawk thing where it's like also collect all the hidden tapes. Yep. Uh, (laughs) it's too much. I can't focus on all this. And it's just, it's the controls weird. Like, it might be something that, like, once you get the hang of it, it's very fun and, like, the flow Mm. is really good. But I couldn't get over how it felt in the demo, so I never checked it out any further than that.
0: If I'm not mistaken, it's also made by the same people who make uh, Ollie Ollie, the skateboarding video game. Oh, really? Which uh, controls very well. Like, those are Mm -hmm. very tight, like flick stick control combos and things that you do through those levels. So I'm like, wow, they could apply this to like a 3d world plus guns. Like this seems rad. And then it was, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get the hang of it. And like the way that everything was presented, like I didn't
1: ever felt like I, I'd never felt like I wanted to. No, no. I think if, if it was about, if it is by the Ali people, I think they should have kept it 2d and had it be like a twin stick shooter or like your right stick controls, your aiming and your left stick, you're doing all your tricks with. And like, That, I think, would have been more fun for me. Uh, I agree, but that's not what they gave us. (laughs) That's not the game that we got. Uh, And as such. As such,
0: we remember it uh, not fondly. I don't know. Uh, I only have one other game written on my list, Brendan. Did you have any that you wanted to bring up? Because
1: this one's a doozy. I've just got one on my remember this one, and that is uh, Gran Turismo 7 came out this year. I was I almost wrote this on my list, too, but I was like, did Brendan play this? I feel like he might have. I did. I did play it uh, for like an hour. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I bought
1: it. I fired it up. It makes you watch like what it was probably like five minutes, but it feels like a 20 minute long cutscene on sure. the history of cars, like not even just racing, but cars. And you're stuck like Lightning McQueen and Tow Mater. <laughs> no, no, not even like, oh, like a Ford <laughs> Like Ford opened a factory and <laughs> blah 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 blah. And I'm Chevy, like, shut up, let me race. <laughs> <laughs> Nissan. And then you get into the races, and it's it's a it's a racing simulator. So it's not what I was looking for, and I should have known that because this is what they've always been. It's Gran, it's gran Turismo. It's Gran God. Turismo. It's not an arcade racer that I'm that I want. It's it's a, a simulator. So like you've got to like get your racing lines down, and you've got to know how to take turns. And I don't, I don't know how to do any of that. So I'm trying to drift around every turn and constantly driving off the road. Um, and it just slows you down constantly. Like there's, you have to keep going to like cafes and just random shit to get missions from people. And I'm like this, I don't know. This is not what I want from a racing game. I don't know. I should have known though. It's my own damn fault for thinking Gran Turismo would be anything but a hardcore racing simulator. Yeah, I think you went into that with the wrong expectation.
0: I'm also at the same point in my life where like, I I will play a Forza Horizon, but I will not play a Forza Motorsport because mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not a car guy. I don't want the realistic sim. I, want I don't want to have to, fun.
1: I don't have to tune my suspension to take a turn properly. Like no, thank you.
0: I just want to paint my Polaris utility vehicle yeah. like it's Toy Story, and then my
1: horn is La Cucaracha.
2: That's <laughs> that's I played, what I want. Uh,
1: Need for Speed, was it Heat? Is that one of the newer ones where it was all like neon and paint splashing everywhere? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I played one of those and I was having a great time with it until I started tuning my car. No, oh, uh, and I did fool. I did something to the car and ruined it, and I cannot drive it and I don't know how to get it back, so I stopped playing it. There isn't like a like reset to def- like default. Default? No, I could buy the same car again. Oh, who's got the money for that? I probably do, but I'm like, but you probably I, do. But I <laughs> you probably do. But I painted this one. This is my car. <laughs> and I I fucking ruined it and I ruined the game. That's that's
0: an ultimately how I end up playing like a Forza Horizon is I'll find one car that's like like a Maserati or like mm-hmm. the like the fastest car, nicest, coolest, fastest car in the game and then I'm using it for like the races that it's not intended to, like yep. dirt races and yep, yep. like rally car stuff. I'm like, no, but I want to use this car. But I like my car. Yeah. <laughs> the nice thing about that, though, is then they will adjust like the CPU racers to also be using that same class of to car. To match it. Yep. Yep. So it just <laughs> it becomes ridiculous. People driving way too fast and like so everyone's purchase.
1: doing it really bad. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> uh, it's not the way it's intended to be, but it's the way that I want it. hmm. Brendan Let's finish off this category uh, with a game that many people remember very fondly from this year, but you and me uh, might have forgotten that this was important at all in 2022, which of course, I'm referring to the video game known as Horizon Forbidden West.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't even want to spend time like shitting on that because like, I don't know, we didn't play I have it nothing to say about it. Us. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, I didn't like Zero Dawn. So that's where it starts and ends for me. I tried so hard. I started it like five times. And so every time I was
0: like, this is the time I'm going to get over that hurdle and I'm going to like this game. And I just never.
1: People people get really into it. I fell off of it really quick. And I think we've gone over this. And it, again, this is one of those it's my own damn fault kind of things mm-hmm. where I tried to climb over a mountain and got to the top of the mountain. and There was an invisible wall stopping me from going to the other side of it. Uh, I you actually see that mountain you can't go yeah there. <laughs> I, I actually turned it off and never played it again when I hit that invisible wall I was like fuck this bullshit you cannot give bullshit. me an open world and tell me I can't climb over the mountain I my objective was on the other side of the mountain but I had to go through the little pass it wanted me to go through
0: it's like in breath of the wild when you go into the desert and then it's like yeah, it's too foggy out here you better turn around I'm like well no I just want to keep going No,
1: let me go just send like a big monster to kill me if you don't want me going out here that's, that would be better. Like Jack and but Daxter. But then what happens if you do kill it? Ooh, well, you make it unkillable. <laughs>
0: that's fair. That's
1: fair. Like the lurker fish in Jack and Daxter that would come up and eat you. If you got two
0: off course. Mm-hmm. No. I'm. Um off course was Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's, it seems it seems good for the people who
1: like it. I wish that I did, but just with you and me, it's like it might as well have not ever happened. Yeah, no. Not, I'm not looking for that kind of game at this point in my life either. I'm kind of over the open world in a lot of ways. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm quite
0: there, but I am reaching a point where, like, they do have to do something new. Like, mm-hmm. if this, there's going to be another game in this genre of which there are a a billion games right now, like do something unique.
1: Yeah. Or give me, maybe nobody is, I want like a small open world. Give me like a small densely packed open world to run around in like a single city. That would be great. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, that's not what this game was. Nope. Nope. And all of these games were not things that we really spent a lot of time thinking about. Nope. You remember last year we had a clear victor for this category, which was Game Builder Garage.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't played that. I still haven't played that either. <laughs> I
0: really feel like I should. I feel like you're probably running out of time, too. Like, that might not even be for sale anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I'm uh eh. it really doesn't. I probably out. wouldn't do anything with it. I'd fire it up once and check it out and then never touch it again. Like Dreams. That's exactly what I did with Dreams, too. I'm like, no. neat. Never played it. Every once in a while, I'll go back to Dreams and just randomize, like, play random games to see what people are up to. They're Um, doing some incredible things. They are doing some pretty cool stuff and some pretty stupid things, which is really what I live for (laughs) with that game. The dumber, the better, Mm -hmm. usually. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, I played one where you were playing as either Boris Johnson or uh, Donald Trump with a cannon that had toilet paper in it and you were fighting giant coronavirus Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like
0: sounds like something you would play on new grounds.
1: <laughs> it basically was, yeah. It just had some, like, depending on which character you chose, it had, like, a patriotic theme from their country playing in the background. Good God. It was fucking stupid, and I loved it.
0: <laughs> uh, that's what dreams is for. That's what dreams are made of. Oh, yeah. Brendan. Uh, yes, we dreamed of... Uh, playing some games in 2022, but unfortunately, we couldn't get to all of them. Nope. Which leads us into our next category we're going to be discussing, which we are calling Most Missed Game Mm -hmm. or Most Missed Games. I have a couple written down. I've only got one. That is fine. These are basically the games that, yeah, we didn't play. We actually do wish that we Had played, and if we had played them, they could have potentially made our top tens. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it just didn't happen that
1: way. Brendan, what what do you got written down? Mine is actually one that I did play, but I didn't play a lot of, and I wish that I had spent more time with it. I have Nobody Saves the World as mine. Interesting. Um, Because that came out early in the year. That was one of the Game Pass ones, too, I think. Uh, And I was really enjoying it, but I was playing on, like, a trial pass for, for Game Pass on PC, and I played it for, like, a sitting. I think I played for, like, a good few hours in one sitting. And then once I stopped that day, I just never went back to it. hmm And I really wish I had, because I was having a good time with it, and it seemed like it could have gone some pretty cool places. We talked about that game a lot when it came out, because it,
0: yeah. like f- it was, like, the first game that came out in 2022. So, yep, everyone was talking about it, and it did... Uh, yeah, I think there was a certain hurdle where it's like, you're either going to see this through to the end or you're not.
1: Yeah. And I think I would have, but it was, again, I just, it was one of the ones that I just put down and then launching games on Game Pass PC wasn't something that I was doing all the time. So I didn't, I just never like opened it up to go back to it. I understand. Uh, it's
0: a good game. I would recommend if you do end up getting an Xbox and, oh, you know what? It's actually not even on Game Pass anymore. They removed it. Oh, did they? That's all right. Yep, so you're you're buying it or you're skipping or it or I'm not
1: playing it. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, it's it's good. I would recommend if yeah. it's on sale or something. Good time. Um, I had a couple of games written down. Uh Plague Tale Plague Tale Requiem okay. came out this year. Yep. Um, I had not played the first Plague Tale game until this year and I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also start playing this game. It was on Xbox Game Pass. And looks, like, absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, the graphics are really, really good. And uh, I started it, and then, like, something else came up, and I, I put it down. And also, I was kind of annoyed that they changed the characters' voices, because it takes place in, like, uh, like 12th century France or something yep. like that. And in the first game, they have very, very cheesy French accents. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think sometime between that game and then this game, they were like, hey, just drop that and do English accents like British accents
1: like every other game. That's so weird. I remember you mentioning this when you were playing it. That is such a weird thing to do. It's so frustrating. Like, just lean into it. Just do it. And like they already had a whole game where they were doing it. Why go back on it in the sequel?
0: Yeah. And I had played them back to back and that was very jarring. And I think maybe initially turned me off. Of playing this, but like I, I know if I had stuck through to the end, it probably would have been an incredible game, and I just I didn't end up doing it. Yeah, but I wish I had.
1: Couldn't get through it, yeah.
0: Um, it's still up on Xbox Game Pass, so perhaps there will be time for me to give that another shot, but it was not it was not this year. Uh I did also want to briefly mention the game Disney Dreamlight Valley. Oh hell yeah. I had a friend who really liked that. People loved that game. Yep. Uh and you know me, I'm a big Disney head. I got my Disney shirt on right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and I'm not like the biggest fan of like Farming Sims or like Town Builders. I'm not even really
1: 100% sure what that game exactly is. <laughs> it seems like a Stardew Valley kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like a uh, but but maybe like more of an Animal Crossing style as well because you're collecting Disney characters to come live in your town.
0: Yeah, you get to hang out with uh Wally mm-hmm. and that's everything that I've ever dreamed of. You get to yeah. hang out with Randall from Monsters Inc. And
1: Mini is a ghost, I think.
0: Oh, I don't like I don't like that. <laughs> I like my <laughs> Mini to be alive. I think this one's dead. <laughs> uh well that's haunting. Perhaps I will not end up playing this game. <laughs> uh, but it's like it definitely seemed like something that would appeal to me, and then I just I just haven't.
1: I yeah. haven't played it. I probably should. Yeah. Farming sims are, are hit or miss for me. There's one that I really like, uh, but it's not actually a farming sim. You are a graveyard keeper, but it's very it's much like a one of those Stardew Valley kind of things. Is the name of the game Graveyard Keeper? It is. Yep.
0: Damn. I swished that. that yeah, was, you did. That was incredible. work. I really I mean, like that
1: one. Very good. That sounds
0: pretty good. I like that concept. Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's uh, and then you can like get zombies to help you out. There are so many farming sim games these days. I remember there was a Nintendo Direct this year that was I think it might have been like one of those indie directs that they sometimes do. And I think over 50 percent of the games that they talked about were farming sims. It was jarring how many there were. People (laughs) watching it were like,
1: this is just all farming sims. I don't have time to play all of these. I have to pick one. I'm just looking into something right now. Okay, so there was one that didn't make my list uh, that came out last year. Um, called Not Another or Another Farming Roguelike. Another Farm sure. Roguelike is what it's called. And that one's kind of fun because it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a farming sim, but it is a roguelike. So like you're starting over all the time and it's like, all right, you have to make sure you're doing the right things to get far enough into the game. I like that one. That Good sounds time. pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I would like to get
0: more into farming sims because you could just pick them up and put them down and like not mm-hmm. have to worry about playing
1: them just check in every day for a little bit yeah well a lot of them actually don't even run like that they're not like the farmville on on your phone you have to have the game open for things to be happening right so a lot of them aren't like you can plant and then come back and harvest and then turn it off and then come back the next day and harvest that's true um so i guess i have no
0: idea what i'm talking about farmville (laughs) wow i haven't thought about farmville in a while (laughs) (laughs) you gotta wait
1: five minutes for your strawberries to grow and unless you buy gems. Unless you buy gems and send your parents requests. I played a lot of uh,
0: Simpsons Tapped Out. Oh, I didn't really play any of those. I don't think I ever spent any money on it. Well, good. <laughs> no whale am I. Nope. Uh, I, they're still making those games, too. Like, oh, yeah. That exact same thing. And they got to be making money somehow.
1: Oh, they are. Yeah, I'm sure they're the like you said, the whales it's like 10 people per game spending too much money on them. That's all you need to turn a profit, baby. Yep.
0: Uh, well, that is a disappointing business practice that those companies are engaging in. Speaking of disappointing things, Brendan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess I phrased that a little strangely. Hey, no. Uh, actually, you know what? I meant exactly what I said. Uh, speaking of disappointing things, Brendan, comma. Uh, not every game that we played this year, we enjoyed to a great degree. In fact, some of them left us wanting much more Mm -hmm. in a category that we call most disappointing game. I'll go first. Okay. So by a landslide, my most disappointing game of 2022 was Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, yeah. Or is it? Arceus? I think Arceus. I always say the soft C. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, It was, it's, I. you know, I don't know. It seemed fine. People were into it. The thing that was so disappointing about that game to me is it proved a a hypothesis that I had developed over the last like five or six years or so. It confirmed a fact that I had not been willing to face. I think I'm done with Pokemon.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been saying that for a long time but I keep buying them. And
0: it's a it's a never-ending vicious cycle and it it's is. like man yeah. I would love to find a point to jump off of this and like yep. not have to worry about it anymore. And this I feel like finally was the like the last hurdle that I needed. I played it, like I saw it what what it was doing. I was so excited
1: because they were like this is finally like new. They're doing something new with this. Yep. It's the thing we've been asking for for fucking 15 years now. And then even that was just not enough for me. I think I
0: like the idea of Pokemon. I like the Pokemon themselves. They're adorable mm-hmm. little creatures.
1: Uh, but I just don't think I like the Pokemon games. I just don't think I do. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, for me, it's like I keep buying them and then I am having fun for a while, like at the beginning of them. But then as I as I get more time in them and as I experience what there is to experience, they go on too long. Way too long. And I think I think if they were shorter games, I would probably be more on board because I keep buying them and I love them for like 20 hours, even a piece. And then I'm but I'm not even like halfway through. And then I just fall off because I'm like, well, I've done it all now. I've, I've seen everything. What else can you do that's going to make this any more fun than I've already had?
0: Yeah. The uh, problem is, is you reach like 12 hours in the game and then there's a main quest mission that is a tutorial for something that is very simple to explain, yeah. but takes like three hours of game time for you to progress through. And like, I don't just – I give me an
1: option to skip this. Like, I, I get it. For me, it's I usually hit a wall. Like, I I come up to a fight that I'm not ready for, yeah. and I am not about to go change my entire party and grind. If no. I can't beat it with the party I have right now, I'm not going to beat it. Yes. Uh. So, so I just fall off of them. I absolutely – agree
0: the drive is not there for me to be like okay well i am gonna pump myself up to yeah. the point where i'm ready i'm gonna go just, catch six new
1: happen. pokemon and train them all up like no thank you i don't have time just for that. that
0: absolutely not going to happen so this game with it being like so disappointing for me to like finally accept that fact it was also kind of freeing where i'm like i don't have to do this anymore yep yep um <laughs> And then a family member did buy me Pokemon Violet for Christmas, so I still ended up <laughs> getting the next game anyway. And I turned it on for like twenty minutes. It seems like it's fine. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't have any fucking idea. But
1: I think I'm like I halfway better. through every quest line in that game as well, because that it's one so presents sad. you with three separate quest lines to do. Okay, um, like that. There's go go fight all the gyms. There's go fight all the the ruffians, like the the current evil team. And then mm-hmm. there's go fight all the giant Pokemon to help your your bike Pokemon get strong again. Uh, <laughs> bike I, Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I did. I got halfway through every one of those quest lines and then reached a point in each of them where I was like, all right, now I have to grind to, to be able to beat this. And I'm not going to do that. Well, it seems like you experienced a pretty good amount of that game. Yeah. And it, it was doing things I like. Like in that one, you can throw out your Pokemon and it will just fight. The, the ambient Pokemon in the world, you don't have to engage in the battle. You just let your Pokemon fight and it'll gain experience that way. Sure. And that's good because you'll come up to groups of like 10. And if you've got like a fire and they're all like plant Pokemon, it'll just wipe them out and you get a bunch of experience. And but even <sighs> then, I don't it's too much. Brendan, stop saying things that make me want to play this (laughs) game more. I just know it's not going to work out for me. It does. It does do things I like. It does a lot of things also that I don't like, but how to perform pretty good. I didn't run into any problems. No, Uh, I see a a lot of what I saw online, like all the GIFs and everything I see all look like multiplayer stuff to me. Like Mm. it looks like it's happening when you are connected to somebody online and it's like a latency thing. Well.
0: Luckily for me, I don't ever play Pokemon multiplayer, so that is probably something I would not ever no, run into. No,
1: uh, it does still have those stupid raid battles like they had in Sword and Shield. And I have no interest in engaging with those. But apparently you have no. to if you want like the best. Uh,
0: stuff. Damn it. God damn it. OK, maybe I won't
1: play this goddamn
0: <laughs> game. Uh Pokemon Legends, Arceus, yeah. Uh it's doing everything we want it to. And then I turned it on, I'm like, well, it's not doing everything for me, so that is why I would
1: consider it to be my most disappointing game yep. of the year. I might I might have stuck that under Remember This One if I remembered it came out this year. Well, it's weird because we had two, which doesn't yeah, usually happen. That's I think that's what's doing it. It's like, well, Violet came out this year. There's no way Arceus came out this year. It's weird. It's yeah, it's very weird for them to do something like yep. this.
0: Um I, but they both sold incredibly well. So the Pokemon company is doing fine.
1: You know what Arceus did that was really good though is that uh, it opens the game with God giving you a cell phone. And I think that's one of the I best like things I've ever had. <laughs> I do in a really game. like that. That's really
2: good.
1: <laughs> you get you get it's, summoned by God and he gives you a fucking cell phone. <laughs> it's so stupid. I feel like yeah.
0: And then the cell phone is a lie. <laughs> Which is also just a thing in the Pokemon games is there's like a all of them Pokemon have now, yeah. cell phone, which yep. is so- <laughs> so
1: stupid. what what bugs me about that. And though this is a tangent. Well, we won't spend go, any time on go, it. But what yes, bugs me about it, the Pokemon, Pokemon cell phone thing is that is a Pokemon that you can catch, but the cell phone doesn't count for your for your Pokédex. Oh, you
0: told me this frustration. Yeah, go go off, King.
1: Like you have to you have to catch another Rotom to to add it to your Pokédex. But I've had one the entire game. It's like the first Bullshit. Pokemon I got. <laughs>
0: That is not fair. Yeah. No, what it, what ridiculous. do you consider to be a Pokemon in your roster, if not one that is on you at all times yeah, that, from the beginning of the game?
1: It's literally your first Pokemon. You have it before you get your starter.
0: It's bullshit. That's like if you got your starter, but then also had to catch a starter in the wild. Yeah. yeah. Which just doesn't happen. Which
1: doesn't happen. You can't catch the starters in the
0: wild. No, no. Physically impossible. Uh, yeah, that is something they should fix. Let's start a campaign for that. Um, although I'm not sure I care enough to do that. (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) That was my most disappointing game this year. Brendan, what would you say yours was?
1: Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, I think is my most disappointing game. I was very excited about that game because I love the idea of like doing, doing magics around a big city. And this is another one. This is kind of what I was talking about where give me a kind of a small open world. Uh, So you're just running around Tokyo, but it's like really dense. You can get up on the buildings and eventually you can like fly around and shit. Um, But even then, it's still a bit too big. And I think the combat isn't fun enough to like carry it. Like some of the fights turn into slogs. And like you can see the enemies wandering around and you can avoid the fights like you'll have like a little uh, your screen will start to turn red in the direction of the enemy as they notice you. And if you don't get away in time, they'll engage with you and then you're in the fight. Uh, But the fights are annoying. There are sections where you're in like a void, like the spirit world, and you've got to fight like waves of enemies. And that just becomes, again, kind of more frustrating than fun because you're just like, I just want to be running around and flying and exploring and using my magic and talking to dogs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I fell off of it probably a few missions in. I fought a a woman with giant scissors, which is a, a Japanese folklore that I'm tangentially familiar with. Um, so that was kind of cool. I liked seeing like the, the Japanese ghosts and myths and stuff, but it didn't do enough for me.
0: Um, I remember you playing that game and I was wondering if it was like, did, did
1: Brendan like that game enough to put it on like his top 10 list? So I guess, well, it's on, it's on our list, but it's not in the top 10. No, 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 no. Which is, it's a shame. I would say it is very disappointing. I wanted, I wanted a lot from that game. Well, it was also get. made by
0: Tango, who made like the evil within games, which people seem to people like I played a little like bit those, of those. Yeah.
1: I played the first one. It felt very Resident Evil four, uh, which yeah. was kind of good, but I fell off of it really quick. I also did.
0: But I that's one of those games that like over the years I've been like, maybe I should go back and check that out.
1: Yeah, uh, I've got friends that really like it, at least the first one. I don't know. I don't really hear anyone talk about the second
2: one.
0: Well, then also when they announced Ghostwire Tokyo, it was with, like, that quirky, fun Japanese developer lady <laughs> yeah. who and the internet fell in love with. Yeah, the, <laughs> the spooky lady who everybody instantly fell in love with and became, like, a game developer celebrity overnight. <laughs> and then she left the studio during development, and I'm not even sure what she's doing now. Oh, did she?
1: I I didn't follow anything to do with her. All I remember is her going, spooky. <laughs> She was, yeah. She was like the the most wholesome person <laughs> to have ever
0: existed on the planet, and yeah, it was like a very feel good thing. Like, yeah, this game's gonna rule, and like, I hope that it does well and and is everything we want it to be. Based on, I feel like just even, yeah, the reveal, the reveal of this it game, I think cool. got everyone super excited. And it looks
1: it just cool. Uh, it's just, it's fine. It's just a real yeah. gamey kind of game, and I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting from it. Something else than what we got. I guess
0: I never really knew what it was. I'm like, I'm starting to get an idea of it now in this conversation. But like I it's it's another one of those games where like, oh, the style looks really cool. And the (laughs) idea, like, I don't know, kind of some of the themes that they're going with seems kind of cool. But I don't even know what this game is. (laughs) Yeah, you
1: just you end up fighting the same headless schoolgirls for hours at a time. And like, I don't know. I don't have time for
0: Yeah. That over and over and over again. No. Well, oh well. That could have could have been something. Maybe they'll get another chance at that franchise because I think it probably sold pretty well. I would I, guess.
1: I don't know. I don't remember hearing anybody talk about it. I don't either. Um,
0: but it might be one of those things where like enough people remember the name of it like you and me do from like the reveal and be yeah, like, oh, I meant to check that out, and then do end up buying it, and that might be enough for Them to be like, see, like, this game sold really well. We have to make a sequel.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, it's something I might eventually go back to, maybe. Mm. If I'm ever, like, sitting around, like, I should play something. I don't want to buy something new. What's something I haven't played much of? That is a game, yeah,
0: made by Tango. So is Tango
1: Bethesda? Am I wrong? I thought it was, uh, was a Bethesda joint. I don't know, though. I would look it up I right think, now, but I don't want to clickety-clack. I'm
0: clicking away, baby. I have no shame. Uh, Yeah, published by Bethesda, which, of course, is now owned by Microsoft. So now I'm kind of at the point where I'm waiting on that game. Okay, so this is how I'm going to play it, when that game ultimately does come to <laughs> Xbox Game Pass. All right. That's my opportunity. That's yeah. like the perfect – this is why you should buy an Xbox, Brendan, because a game <laughs> like that – well, you don't want to buy it, but it seems likely at some point to end up on the service. This is like the perfect kind of game for something like
1: that. I haven't that. touched my consoles in months. Oh, PC Master Race. Yeah. People yeah. still doing that. I don't <laughs> know that if people still, thing? still do that. Most of the games come out <laughs> across now.
0: It doesn't matter. Yeah. The only place to not buy these games or the only place where you really should not buy these games is on Switch because they run poorly.
1: Garbage.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: More on that in a little bit. <laughs> uh, so some games, you know, we didn't play at all. Some games we did play, but weren't really feeling that well. Some games we started playing, and then for one reason or, in, or another, we just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. Something something got in the way and made us not want to continue on with the game. That leads us to a category, Hardest Bounce Off. Mm-hmm. You started it, something wasn't clicking for you, or you got distracted, You stop playing it and you just you didn't come back to it at all.
2: Yep.
0: Brendan, what game did you bounce the hardest off of? This one I've actually got
1: two games. Hit me. Uh, I've got Slime Rancher 2 on here. Completely forgot that that existed. (laughs) We could have put that on there. Remember this one. Slime Rancher 2 came out uh, and I played it probably for a couple hours. And my biggest problem with it is that it was not different enough from Slime Rancher 1. But it starts you with like a lot of the unlocks. Maybe there are a lot of cool unlocks later on that I just didn't get to. But I didn't have a sense of progression early on. I was just collecting the same slimes for the most part, doing all the same stuff, just on like a new map now. Um, and so I didn't I didn't get very far. I was like, yeah, I've done this. I don't know what I'm working towards. I don't know what the, the point is. Uh, it's cute. It's still a cute game, but I think I would rather go back to Slime Rancher 1 so I could at least have some sense of progression as I'm playing it. Interesting. I I, I didn't even know Slime Rancher 2 was a
0: thing that existed.
1: So Yep. Yeah, yep. it came out. Uh it's a thing. And it's wow. fine. It's fine. Like it's <laughs> It's just Slime Rancher. <laughs> People love Slime Rancher, so Yeah. I love I love the first one. I liked I liked the, the jank of it. Sure. Like it's it's this open world-ish kind of game. Uh, and you can get a jet pack. And in the first one, that jet pack just blows the whole thing open. Like there are mm-hmm. doors you're supposed to get keys for. But most of the time you can just climb the mountain and get around the door. Sure. And I loved that. I had a great time just sequence breaking the shit out of that first game. Uh, but I couldn't find anything like that in this one because everything's Bummer. like different islands that you're getting teleported to now. Yeah,
0: that's but. a little different formula.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, that was your first one. What what else did you have? Uh, my second and final hardest bounce-off was Bayonetta 3. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I really liked Bayonetta 1 and 2. As uh, did I. Uh, and I don't know if there was even a point in Bayonetta 3 that I was ever enjoying it, really. Um, the first, like, red flag for me was in an early level, there's a cat running around with red eyes, and it's like, I clearly am supposed to collect this thing but I couldn't figure out how to catch it. And then I looked it up and it told me I needed this item that I didn't have. So I was like, all right, so now I'm going to have to come back and revisit this level later just to get this fucking cat. Uh, and it's in every level. Every level has three, three creatures you're trying to collect. One is a frog. That's always fun to find because it's like hiding somewhere and you can hear it croaking and you've got to like search it out. That one's fun. The cat's always a pain in the ass. Uh, Anyway, that was just the first red flag. The second thing was about, let's say, ten missions in, you start playing as the other character from the other two games. Uh, The other witch, whose name I don't remember. Jean? Jean, I think. You start playing as her in these 2D spy thriller sections where, like, you're side-scrolling in a building and, like, you're trying to avoid, like, uh, field-of-view triangles. Okay, and I was like, okay, what are we doing here? This is like a weird little bonus game, I guess. Uh, but it Mark does of the bayonetta. Yeah, it does that. F- not super frequently, but frequently enough where I'm like, this is going to be a thing in the game. Like I did two of them by the time I stopped playing. and I was like, this is going to continue, and it's going to get harder, and it's always going to be kind of annoying. Kind of like the Mary Jane sections in kind Spider-Man. of, yeah, yeah, kind of, but less. I think less frustrating than that because if you get seen, you don't lose. You just have to fight. Okay. Um, but you don't have, like, your witch time, you don't have, like, all the things that you have as Bayonetta, uh, and then what really sealed the deal for me was you start playing as the newest character who's introduced in this game, um, who fights with, like, a sword, and her entire thing is that rather than dodging to get witch time, you have to perfect block to get witch time. Oh, no. Uh, and I could not do it. Like, it was impossible, and I started getting bronze medals in levels, and, like, up to that point, I was getting platinum medals in every level and having a great time, and then, like, it just really... Fucking killed the flow of the game. Switching to this new character, uh, uh, I don't hate the idea of like forcing you to
0: focus on something else. But yeah,
1: no, I, I like the idea of playing as a new character. Uh, and they ha- they right. didn't reveal who she is, but I think I know who she is. Like, because it's like in the first game, you've got this little girl you're chasing around the whole time, and you're like, "That's sure, that's Bayonetta." Come on, <laughs> uh, this we one's all know. this one's doing that too, and I'm pretty sure it's the same reveal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I, I fell off about that point where you start playing as her. Um, the whole Bayonetta
0: three like voice acting saga that I, happened yeah. before. I didn't know much about out, that. I it, it the problem was that there was so much misinformation from both sides of that that, like, by the time this game came out, I was already kind of, like, sour on, like, the whole experience or or not sure, like, morally, like, should I be buying this game or not? Like, I don't know who's in the right here because the whole thing is very confusing. Yeah. And then just kind of forget that might be another one. If it ever goes on sale, I might pick it up, but I don't see that happening anytime
1: it's, soon. It does a lot to try to mix up the formula, which is kind of fun because, yeah. like, um you're going through, like, a... Multiverse dimensional thing, and you're meeting Bayonetta's from all the other universes, and then they okay. all die in some way or another. And you make a pact with their god thing like you have Madame Butterfly that you've had in the other two games. Um, and you make pacts with their gods. There's like a giant spider, there's one that's like a train with a skull on it. Uh, and like when you equip those, that changes like your secondary form. Like when you would get the butterfly wings, instead, you like turn into a giant spider person. Uh, and they've all got like different abilities, but they start using like the train one, for instance, in puzzles where it's like you've got to hit all of these things around the room in quick succession. So you have to draw the the the, the rails for the train and then you put markers on the rails that like it doesn't attack here and here and here. And those are frustrating as fuck to oh, like God. actually execute properly. That know, so. sounds really funny.
0: Like the idea of that sounds yeah. hilarious, but for it to not like be satisfying
1: is such a mistake. It's so annoying. Um, th- It's the train one specifically I thought was really annoying. The spider thing is very fun because you can like climb on walls and shit. And like, that sounds good. Um, I don't know. There's, it, it had a lot of good things that it was doing, but then at the same time it was doing a lot of bad with those same sure. mechanics. But maybe I'll go back to it eventually. Probably not though. I was going to say like,
0: could this be the end of the Bayonetta franchise? Because it seems like this one people were asking for. Unsure if Bayonetta three was ever going to be a thing that was going to exist. It did exist, but doesn't seem like it really set the world on fire. I was thinking, like, could could this be the end of Bayonetta games? But they didn't. They also just announced like a like adventure storybook kind of game where they you're playing did. as like a child, yeah.
1: where you're going through like a grimoire, and you're playing as young Bayonetta. So. Clearly, they're investing in like the IP
0: yeah. more.
2: So I don't maybe know. This isn't
1: the end. I mean, it's not the end, uh, and which it, which would be fine. I like the Bayonetta games. This one just—I don't know. It, it was trying too much, I think, and not really succeeding in the ways that I wanted it to. Any gratuitous nudity,
0: nudity that made you roll your eyes out of your head? Oh yeah, that's Bayonetta though. That's—we <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way. That
1: is the character. <laughs> Well, she seems like she's
0: having a great time.
1: Overly so. sexual uh, special attacks like <laughs> but she's
0: owning it though. She's killing it out there. Yeah. So, uh interesting. Bayonetta 3. I one of those games that I just I wonder if I will ever ever play it. We'll see.
1: Yeah. It's it's a weird franchise to keep going though, cuz how do you get bigger and bigger all the time when you gotta out-do the yourself. F- when the first game you fought the fucking universe. Mhm. What do you do from there? <laughs> You make Bayonetta
0: a train. (laughs) That's what they did. (laughs) Great idea, but maybe not perfect execution. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm sorry to hear that you bounced off of those games, Brendan. I only have one game written down here, and you're not going to like what I'm about to say, because I have a feeling this is high atop your top ten list. My hardest bounce off of the year was Tunic. Ooh, yep. Yep, Brendan is smirking and probably not thrilled about this. But you know, it's fine. It's, That's it's fine. whatever. Um, Tunic, I just never felt like I could wrap my mind around what it was asking me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was going to be much more like Zelda adventure than it than it puzzly. It t- it turned out to be an it, very puzzly game and, like, esoteric puzzles that are purposely abstract and, like, you're not supposed to understand exactly what they're trying to ask you to do. Yep. Um. And I never felt like in the opening, like, couple hours of that game I could really understand, yeah, What? Where? how I was even supposed to progress the game. I, I got stuck for a long time and really didn't want to look up the
1: answer. I really, really yep. wanted to figure it out on my own. Every answer is in the game, Um. but they are – obscure as shit in a lot of uh, instances. I
0: just, I don't think I really like that. The game that I saw this compared to a lot was uh, Fez. Okay, I can kind of see a comparison there. In that kind of aspect, like abstract puzzly kind of things. Mm-hmm. And like that game back in the day too, I also, I just, once I hit a wall where I couldn't figure it out, I was like, I, I don't, this is not doing enough for me to put my brain through the ultimate test here to try to figure out what it's trying to do. And I wish that I could have gotten to that point with tunic because I know so many people like you really loved it, Brendan, but I just, once I, I hit those long, there was multiple periods where I would hit a long stretch of just having absolutely no fucking clue what the game wanted me to do. (laughs) Looking up the answer and being like, okay, well I never would have gotten that progressing past that and then getting to another point of the exact same issue. Where I just said, fuck this. Like, I'm not having fun right now as much as I'm trying to make myself
2: have yep. fun.
1: That's fair. Yeah, it, it does ask you to to. uh I don't I don't want to say it ever asks you to make like any logical leaps and like looking it up, I think would might make it seem more. Obscure than it actually is because I, yeah. I don't know exactly what parts you got stuck at, so I can't really say. But you're collecting uh, pages of the game manual the entire time, and every answer you need for any puzzle is in the manual. Um, but right. a lot of the times it's like doodled in a side thing or it's in one of the screenshots or something. Um, and so it does ask you to like really stare at this fucking PDF of a manual. To figure yeah. anything out, <laughs> and maybe maybe
0: that's my problem is, is I kept trying to find answers like in world, like yeah. in game, and and should have spent more time. Which I thought the manual thing was really cool, mm-hmm. but I guess maybe I didn't realize it was as important as it actually truly is. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're. It, I that's what I liked about it is that everything is there, and like everything too that you can do, you can do the entire game. Sure, but you just don't know that you can do it until you get the manual page that tells you that you can do it. Like, you can fast travel, you know those save point statues? Yes. You can fast travel from those, and you can do it from the beginning of the game, but until you know how to do it, you would never figure it out. And see, like, I, I
0: like that. Like, I like the idea that, oh, it was there the whole time, but finding the answers, I maybe I was overthinking it, maybe I maybe. was underthinking it. Like, I don't know <laughs> where... For some reason, I could not get my mind in the right mm-hmm. place to be able to play this game, and so I just
1: stopped. No, there were there were times even when I was stuck, um, and I was yeah. like scouring that manual. And sometimes I would just have to bang my head against every wall in an area to eventually mm-hmm. find what it wanted me to do. <sighs> it 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 was too much. It's
0: too much work for me. Maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I have dumb brain. My brain no work good. <laughs> Poo brain. I had this rotten brain <laughs> that this game was not designed for. I wish I could have I don't know. I wish that this hadn't happened to me. I wish I could have loved this game, but I didn't. Yeah, well, that's fair. These things happen. Yeah. You know?
1: I mean I loved it, but all. I can't it this is your list.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for accepting my choices here. Uh hardest bounce off of the year for me was tunic. Perhaps someday I'll try it again, but it is not this day uh as i said before brendan Mm -hmm. we played lots of games this year but not necessarily all the games we played came out this year yep if we only played games that came out in 2022 and nothing else that would be insane that would yeah nobody should play games that way unless you're like our games journalist where you have to keep up on everything that that's really the only our are we games journalists? Do you think by putting out this podcast, we can consider ourselves to be professional games I journalists? I think we are too good at games. To be a games to be journalist? A game journalist. Yeah. Shots fired.
2: <laughs> Fucking come I don't.
0: <laughs> I don't agree with that on multiple fronts. One of them being, I don't think I'm very good at games. <laughs> you beat uh, Cuphead. I did beat Cuphead. This is true. I should give myself a little bit of credit. <laughs> um... Yes, non-2022 games were things that we played, and of them, we had favorites. I don't really know how what I want to title this category when it's like time to write out the podcast notes. Uh, um, I just thought it's just called it Favorite Non-2022 Game. That's what I have to. Maybe we'll just roll with that. Yeah. Is it safe to say, Brendan, that our both of our answers for this are Samurai Jack Battle Through Time? Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) Definitely, definitely, (laughs) definitely not. Absolutely not. No. Probably my favorite non-2022 game, and this was tough because I played some really good old games this year, but I played 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim for the Mm -hmm. first time this year. Did you finish it? I did. I actually got the Platinum Trophy on my PlayStation.
1: I never finished it.
0: Not that difficult to get the Platinum Trophy because it just requires you beating all three of the aspects of that game, which Mm -hmm. you kind of have to do anyway to be able to finish that game. Yep. So it's not like I really went out of my way to do anything special as far as that's going. But yeah, it was compelling enough of a story for me to play all the way through. Like the battle portions where you're fighting the giant robots on like a big grid in a city were never really that interesting. Um but once you progress through the story of the game enough to kind of get the context for who those characters are and what they're doing in these fights and like the mysteries of what what the villain that they're fighting actually is mm-hmm. – um, the lucky thing for me was that this is a game that had never been spoiled for me before I started playing it. Oh. None of the big reveals of this game
1: had ever been spoiled for me. Um, which for this game <laughs> is huge. Yeah. I had listened to the giant bomb uh, game of the year where they did go into all of the spoilers for it. I had skipped over that portion of the uh, podcast, wondering if I would
0: ever play this game. And I'm glad that I did skip that. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know any of that shit mm-hmm. going
1: into this. I, I have a, a general idea of what's going on. I don't even want to. I don't I don't know if I want to say it. Well, I mean, I probably won't go back to it at this point. I there were parts of that game that I didn't like. Like there's a specifically I remember one scene where you're one of three girls standing at a crosswalk trying to decide what snacks you want to go get. Yeah, I had to play that scene. I want to say like five or six times. Yeah, finally do the one thing that it wanted me to do. Yep. Uh, And I got really frustrated with that. I made it much further than that. Well, I don't know if much further, but a few hours past that. um, But I was like, I don't want to have to do this where I'm constantly replaying these scenes trying to decide, do we want crepes or ice cream?
0: There are multiple characters and multiple scenes where like that is exactly what happens like You have to go from A to B to C in Mm -hmm. dialogue choices, but if you don't do exactly what the game is asking of you, it will just end that scene and you'll have to start it over from the beginning. That, I know exactly the one you're talking about, and that's
1: probably the most egregious example Mm -hmm. of that. Because, like, something happens in the background that you need them to notice, but you can't get them to notice it until you've exhausted everything else, like... Until you
0: talk about ice cream and whatever. Yeah. Over and over again.
1: Mm Mm-hmm um yeah that but does that play does that play into the story of the game is there a reason that you're able to redo these things like or is that just because it's a game and it wants you to do it
0: um yeah no there there are like you could make the argument that there are story reasons for why you have to repeat those scenes over and over again to get the right thing to trigger but it, i think it is just like a a game thing like the game wants you to do a thing and unless you do it like it's not going to progress
1: who publishes that game is that an atlas game
0: uh yeah yeah we all know we all know that 13 sentinels aegis rim which i think is how you pronounce that everyone is of course very familiar with the fact that this game is published by uh atlas and sega okay it, f- it feels
1: like an atlas game
0: uh, it certainly does feel like an Atlas game, which, as we talked about, Persona is an Atlas game, is it not? Yes. Yeah. I am like I have like a back and forth history with these games, where sometimes I don't know. I, I've got to like I've got to like the story that the game mm. is telling. Atlas just,
1: Atlas you know. does. I I want to say two very distinct styles of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got its like 3D like monster collecting things like Persona and Shin Megami Tensei those series, but then it's also got these 2D ones like uh, Dragon's Crown. It's like a, a hack and slash beat em up arcade style game. Uh, and then there's one that I played on the PlayStation 2 where you're like a fairy. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it feels very much like this one where you're like running left and right all the time. Um, so they these ones that they do take a lot more for me to get into than like the RPG running around a 3D open world ones do. That's fair. Because I think Atlas is also um, Catherine. They are. Yeah, yeah, another game that I love. I love a great Catherine. deal. Catherine's very good. The remake was also very good. I haven't played the remake, but I think I probably should. It's very good. They added a, another Rin, another Catherine. Oh, damn. What do you mm-hmm. know? I
0: haven't played Catherine since probably like 2012, so maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to get back into it. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I liked 13 Sentinels enough where maybe that is something that I will do. Yeah, I recommend it.
1: Catherine full-bodied.
0: Uh, Atlas doing... Great work out there. Keep it up, guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, Brendan, your favorite non 2022 game that you played for the first time, I think, is how we're kind of
1: quantifying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mine was one that I actually just finished yesterday. Uh, it would be Dragon Age Inquisition. This is a big year
0: for you, actually. It's been a big like couple months. Couple of months. Age I games played. You.
1: I played all three Dragon Age games, including all the DLC for them. Incredible. Um. And I gotta say, Inquisition, at first, fucking hated. Uh, I I opened it up, and it does this, like, open-world thing with, like, the Ubisoft problem, where it's like, here's an open-world, and here's a hundred collectibles. And I'm sitting there, like, I just want to fight dragons and be a wizard. I don't want to go collect all this shit. Um, but then 120 hours later, I had collected everything in the game. Hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And done everything and did all the DLC and my god was it a lot of fucking fun. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, a lot, a lot of your choices in the first game come back in a huge way in this one, which I thought was wild because I think the first game was like twelve years before this one. It's crazy that yeah that it actually
0: mattered. They probably said at the time like your choices will matter, and, yeah. and to know that they did is at the
1: really cool. at the end of the first game you are told you might die killing the final boss or you can partake in this magic ritual where a character has a child and that child will take on the soul of the thing and so you do the ritual and you don't hear anything about it in the second game you don't hear anything about it the third one that character comes back with a child oh no uh (laughs) uh, and then this whole like separate sequence of events happens that would not happen if you didn't do that in the first game And I'm like, this is cool. This is cool as shit. And now I want to play all three of them again, making completely different choices just to see how it affects like going forward. And then this uh, Inquisition ends with like a series of choices that all feel very much like they're setting up for the next game, which is slated for like the end of this year, beginning of next year at some point. Think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I'm very excited to see now like, How far forward they can carry it, because like to me, the more games they do in the series and the more big choices they give you, the harder it becomes to make things affect future games. Definitely. Uh, So I'm very interested to see where it goes. Well, I would say if they
0: have made you want to like replay the game in a different way to see how it causes other games to change, I would say mission accomplished (laughs) on bioware it's a bioware game of
1: course. yes yep uh and they have done something though to make that easy where between the first and second game your save is carried forward like it would sure. be in like a mass effect um but between the second and third now you have to go onto an external website called dragon age keep and you have a thing called your tapestry which is all of your choices that you've made and you can create a tapestry on the website so like That's if i really wanted smart. to just play the third one again i could go in and be like i want to see what this choice this choice that choice in the other two games, effects in this one, and now I don't have to play them if I don't want to. That is a really, really good idea, like, to give yeah. people that opportunity instead of having to play,
0: like, a 100-hour RPGs over again yeah. from this, although some people probably would be very happy to
1: do so. I think I still will, um, <laughs> but but it is a good idea. The only problem I have with the way they do it now is going from two to three, you have to set that up before uh, okay. you can before any choices will carry nothing carries into three from your save file you have to have this thing set up so before i was able to play it i had to go through and like remember my choices and like sometimes it asks you like did you meet this character and i'm sitting there like staring at the name like i don't know like did i did i meet that character and then it's like, it and then did you enough where i did should
0: killed them <laughs> I'm like i don't know <laughs> i hope I, I hope not or maybe i hope i did
1: maybe what did they do <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I played the first three Telltale Walking Dead games on Xbox. And the fourth game, for whatever reason, I bought it on Switch. So when I fired it up, None of the things that I had done in the previous games were saved. So they did do the same thing where they asked me, like, they give you like a little recap of the previous story. And when this happened, did you choose to do X or Y? And I'm like sitting here like this was years ago. I don't remember, but I want
1: to because this matters to me. At least (laughs) that's better than I think in the first Telltale Walking Dead series. If you like tried to go into Chapter 5 and didn't have a save file, it would just randomize your choices. Yeah, that sucks. And that I hate. Uh, And you can do that in Inquisition if you don't want to set it up. They'll be like, we will just make you a history and we will just decide what it does. At least giving you the option to do something like that is
0: nice, but forcing you into something like that would be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Damn. Well, quite the love affair for you with these Dragon Age games. Yeah, I
1: hated them when I first played the first one way back in the day, but I'm a different man now. So what do you think's next on the old twitch.tv slash bob the virus now that we're kind of done from that. Either I start those again or I'm probably gonna play Fable. <laughs> you just are the Dragon Age I'm guy. I'm just the Dragon Age guy now, yeah. You could start speed running them. I considered it. <laughs> I might play them all again on the hardest difficulty because they have like a tactics mode that you can like turn yeah. on that I never engaged with because I never had to. Um, But I feel like I might play them on hard just to see, like, how does this game play if I play it like a tactical RPG? Uh, Ooh, yeah, that's an entirely different thing. Yeah.
0: Damn. Well, twitch.tv slash Bob the Virus see Brendan bang his head against the wall of Dragon Age or move on to the comedic chicken chasing of the Fable series.
1: The only thing about Fable is I could only play the first one. I don't think two and three are on PC. Are they not? I'm pretty sure they're not. That's insane. I
0: I'm sure you're probably right about that, but like in this moment, it's striking to me yeah. that that would not be a thing that would I have could happened. get like a three hundred and sixty emulator oh, well, and play I them. Mean, but please, I mean, let's not talk about that <laughs> in a public forum. Brendan didn't say that. Don't worry. I own them. I own the games. Oh, then that's fine. Yeah, you're in the clear. Uh, <laughs> legality issues, be damned. You are uh, good to go. Uh, well, damn. I'm. I'm. Maybe I would. Be interested to check those games out. I like the Mass Effect games enough where I'm like, okay, maybe Dragon
1: Age is something I should mm-hmm. try. There's a, there's a Mass Effect Easter egg in Inquisition. Mm. There's a, a hunting trophy room, and there's a – are they called Krogans? Yes. There's a Krogan head on the wall. That's kind of grim. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm sure there are also probably some great Dragon Age
1: Easter eggs in Mass Effect. Uh, At the very beginning of the first Mass Effect, you meet some crazy guys in a closet and one of them thanks the maker. Damn. Well,
0: confirmed. (laughs) Then It is in there. Uh, Well, that does sound great. Yes, everyone head to Brendan's Twitch stream. Give him some love. Uh, Speaking of giving love, Brendan, it is almost time for us to move into our top 10 lists Uh, Before we do that, I think we each probably have a couple honorable mentions Mm -hmm. that we wanted to bring up, things that might have just missed the list or we wanted to give praise in some other kind of way. Yeah. Um, I have a few of them listed. Uh, One of them is, uh, you may have forgotten this game existed, Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports came out this year. It did. Uh, and it was exactly what you would expect out of it. Is j- mm-hmm. It is just we Sports in a modern age. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. I-, I enjoyed having an excuse to go
1: back and play those games after it had been so many years. I think, and I could be wrong, I think they added something to that recently. Golf, I'm it? pretty sure. I- golf, yes, okay. Because I-, I saw some golf videos for Nintendo Switch Sports. And I was looking at them on YouTube and I was like, was this always in the game? Did I just miss the golf somehow? Uh, I don't was think not it was. in the original. No, it okay. was not in when it, it came out that ha- I think right
0: before it came out in like a Nintendo direct, they announced that golf would be a future update. And that has come and passed. But I have not gone back to play golf since no. that came out. No, uh, but maybe I, I will. I had I had fun playing these games again after so long. It was
1: just nice to be able to do that. What was your favorite sport in the, the collection? I played a lot of soccer. Did you? Yeah, that's right. You were you were pretty hot on the soccer
0: when it came out. I played a lot of soccer. I don't know how good a, I was at soccer. I did get up to like the S rank or whatever oh. it is. Um, so maybe I was pretty good. Maybe you were pretty good, yeah. Um, I like the team aspect of that without having to rely heavily on one other person like you do in volleyball, where mm-hmm. if your volleyball partner is like AFK or is just completely inept at the game, like you're fucked Mm -hmm. Um, in soccer, that is also probably still a thing, but it was legitimately fun to have. It was funny to have matches where it's like three on three things, but one person might not be moving at all. So, you know, they're not playing and then it just becomes two of you against the world. Yeah. I didn't play much of the soccer. I played a lot of soccer. It was really good. It kind of did what it it did, you know, rocket league things for me. Um, and I'm never going to not. Have a fun time playing a Rocket League like game. That's just a formula for fun. Yeah, I it, it, yeah, for a
1: lot of people, I fucking hate Rocket League. <laughs>
0: uh, I liked it when it came out, and then it became a very different thing. And people now flying kind of, around and juggling and shit. I can't.
1: I just can't do it. I just now I'm not physically capable of it. No, I liked Chambara in I in Switch Sports. Not not necessarily the game Chambara <laughs> that I talk about all the time. <laughs> You seem – well, I know personally, yeah, how much you love that
0: when you practice it IRL. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love Chambara just because I feel
1: like I wasn't very good at it. I, I had a good time with it. I didn't like the different kinds of swords there were, like the dual blade and shit. Didn't care about that. I didn't um, care about that either. I couldn't really figure out exactly how
0: to get the other ones to work. I just went with a straightforward sword.
1: Yeah, yeah. I liked I liked that it felt like uh, the Girahim bosses from Skyward Sword but against another player. Mm-hmm. That's a good time to me. Like, I don't know, something about it. And then obviously bowling, but bowling lost its edge when it made me play ranked. It completely blew it like the, the bowling, the ranked bowling where you have to play
0: the crazy wacky courses. Uh, they fucked it up so bad. There should be an option to turn that off, mm-hmm. although then it would just be a chase for everyone to try to bowl a perfect 300 yeah. game. But that is the appeal, you know, if you that can't is bowling. do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can't do that, then get the fuck out. Yeah, like that's – we don't do that in real bowling. Like <laughs> No, no. In bowling, you know, do the best you can. You don't have to dodge like a fucking <laughs> pa- paddle in the middle of the thing and then curve a shot. You don't have to send shot. the
1: ball up a seesaw. like <laughs>
0: <laughs> it drives me insane. Yeah. I hate that they force you into doing that. That is one reason why it didn't end up on my top 10 list is bowling, I think, is the
1: classic yeah. Wii
0: Sports game. And for them to fuck it up
1: as bad as they yeah, did, I don't know really what they were upsetting. thinking. Also, what, what really drives me crazy about that uh, is if you watch other people's lanes, not everybody is has the same lane when you're playing ranked no yeah i i don't understand the logic like the it. higher rank you are the harder your lane is but you're still against people with easier lanes like what are you what are we doing here <laughs> there's got to be
0: an explanation for it but i i hate playing that mode as much as it is that like i'm not
1: i don't need to worry about it i'm just yeah. gonna let it go and not play it i don't know it was fun though for what it was nintendo sports is always uh you're always gonna have fun always gonna have fun yeah at least for a little while You're always going to have fun with that. And that's one that you can come
0: back to over the years too. So that's Mm going to be an evergreen switch game for as long as the switch is a going concern, which is good. Uh, An evergreen uh, game for me also still, I just wanted to give this one. It's due in my honorable mentions is (laughs) Wordle. Oh yeah. I forgot that was this year. It came out technically. I think it came out in 2021 But really became the phenomenon that it was in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still playing Wordle. I'm not in like the Wordle craze where I'm posting it on Twitter every day Mm -hmm. and like chatting with people around the water cooler about like, hey, how'd you do in Wordle today? You get the word. Did you find the word? It was really tough. I got it in five today. (laughs) Um, But I'm still playing it every day. It's been a good excuse for me and my family to like, we've got like a WhatsApp room that everyone posts their scores in and just a just a nice way to, I don't know, check in with everyone, even if you're not really saying anything. Just acknowledge, hey, I'm here. What's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm playing Wordle. We're all doing this together. So do you still have your streak going? I lost it. Uh, after 124, my first 124 wordles, I lost my streak. Since then, I think I've gotten maybe one or two other ones wrong. I'm currently on a streak of like 115, so I'm almost uh, back there up to you my go. max. Yeah, so I'm doing good. The The word that I got wrong was
1: Homer. Ooh, that's not, that's a name.
0: That sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was pissed cuz I got it down to h o blank e r and I hadn't mm. guessed a v or an m and I said, "Well, it can't be homer because that is a bullshit word. It yeah. must be hover." I would have guessed hover as well. It was not hover, it was homer. I was so pissed <laughs> for that to be what I lost my Wordle streak on. Like that was almost an unforgivable act that made me stop playing that game daily, but I uh I to this point of I'm still going every single day. Powered through it. There you go. And it, the fun thing, another fun thing is it birthed, like, lots of Wordle like games mm-hmm. where you guess, like, a movie based on screenshots or a yep. game based on screenshots or songs and stuff like that.
1: Yep. I liked I liked the game one. I think you shared that with me at some point. And I sat down for a day and played through, like, 60 of, of them. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's that is one of the nice features of that one is you can go through
0: the back catalog. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Wordle. I don't know. It's still a fun thing to do. It's not a huge commitment. You can just pop in and out and yeah. that's it. Every single day. I got my daily Sudokus that I do. It's fun to have a, a daily task. Mm-hmm. You know, you wake up and you go, oh, I haven't done my thing today. And yep. then you do it, put your brain to work for a couple minutes and then move on to
1: whatever's next. Yeah. I gotta, you gotta I, love it. I got a Sudoku app on the uh, Apple Arcade. Called Uh, uh, Good Sudoku.
0: Okay, good. I was hoping you would tell me because I might have to check this out.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's got uh, three different dailies. It's got the Good Daily, uh, the Classic Mm. Daily, and the Arcade Daily. Mm. Hmm. I I like it. I can get down with a Sudoku every now
0: and then. Yeah. I was a longtime uh,
1: Brain Age Sudoku player. Uh, Yep, yep. I like Brain Age. I have a lot of Sudoku apps, actually. One of my favorite one is, (laughs) just to go quickly on a little tangent. No, uh, do it, do it. I have one called Chess Sudoku by Cracking the Cryptic. They do, like, a bunch of YouTube solves every day. Um, But the Chess one is, like, everything follows the regular Sudoku rules plus the night rule. Like, if it's within a night move of another square, it can't be the same number. So it adds, like, layers on top of it which seems like it might make it more difficult but i think actually makes it easier than a regular sudoku because okay. you're you're given more limitations on where things can go sure uh so you can do like a knight one a chess one uh or not a chess one like a king one uh bishop one it's fun that sounds fun yeah a classic
0: classic game <laughs> sudoku <laughs> Uh, those were my honorable mentions for this year. Some good games. Brenda, do you mm-hmm. want to list a couple
1: of them before we get into our top tens? Yeah, I got a couple. I've got one that I played this summer. I started playing it, uh, as a demo on PlayStation plus they have like these three hour demos you can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's the cruel King and the great hero. I saw you playing this and I had no idea what it was. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you've brought it up. It's a, uh, it's a little RPG. It's a side scrolling RPG. Um, where you play as a little girl who is the daughter of the great hero of legend. uh, And she's being raised by uh, this dragon. uh, And her father died fighting the cruel King long ago. And the dragon is raising you up. uh, And she's like, I'm going to go out on an adventure. Um, So she's just a little girl and you've got like a stick that you're fighting with. Then you eventually get like a wooden sword and stuff. Um, And what I think is very fun about it is the dragon is following her around because he's like worried about her. So it's all these like 2D kind of like diorama style things. And you can see the dragon in the background of them all. Like every time you go to a new area, he's in the background, like watching her from the bushes and stuff. And when you do like a flaming sword attack, she raises her sword to the sky and he like sticks his head up and like blows a little fire on the sword. And then she does the attack. Uh, It's really good. Um, And it's all set up like kind of like a Paper Mario style thing where you're meeting a bunch of different characters and you can have one other person with you. And there's like four potential party members um, and they all do like different things uh, and they all come into the story in different ways. Uh, it took me probably about 20 hours, I think, to platinum it. Oh, uh, damn. But I had a good time with it the whole time. And some of the side quests get a little annoying because you're very slow. Like your movement is very slow and there's like no fast travel, really. Like well, there is, but it's, it's very limited. Uh, and a lot of the side quests have you going like way away from the fast travel points. So you'll find yourself walking a lot. Um, And I think it's got this mechanic where you run in areas that you're over-leveled for. So, like, if you're not, like, stronger than the enemies, you're walking really slowly the whole time. And there are random battles that you get into. So it becomes kind of like a slog to get around. Uh, But it's a very cute game, and I had a lot of fun with it.
0: Nice. It looks cute based on the limited like screenshots and things that I yeah.
1: saw of it. It's a fun little art style. I like yep. that. Uh, and it's not too difficult. Um, there were a couple fights that I I did die to. And like, it gets a little tougher later on if you've got the wrong party members or if you were not geared appropriately, sure. but that's pretty standard RPG fair. Well, yeah, that sounds delightful. Yep. Uh, and then another auto mention I have is a game called Taiji. Um, I've I've not heard of this. It's a 2D puzzle game uh, and it's like a spiritual or like a love letter kind of to The Witness where you're dropped into this big open world and there's puzzles everywhere uh, and it does not tell you how to solve anything Um, but you're doing a lot of clicking and dragging on a grid to like make patterns and um, there's like little hints in the background to maybe what you're trying to do and you're tasked with like looking at something, looking for hints in the environment, like, how do I solve this puzzle? Um, unlike the Witness, I think this one is extremely hard. The Witness is difficult, don't get me wrong. Like, there are puzzles in the Witness where you're going to be banging your head against the wall, but this one has a lot of that. Oh, no. Where it's like, <laughs> you can you can walk up to an area and have no idea what you're doing because the tutorial for that puzzle is somewhere else on the map entirely, Um, So that can be really frustrating But once I started Like once things started clicking I started having a lot of fun At first I was like very frustrated with it Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing I don't know what any of this means Um, But I did eventually beat it I didn't end up getting the like Super secret bonus ending like there is For doing all the lasers in The Witness This has something similar I didn't end up doing that But it was very fun do you remember the
0: moment in The Witness where you realized that you could do, like, the tracing thing on I do. things
1: in-world? Yep, I do remember that. And I I got immediately overwhelmed. <laughs> I Yeah, I know. I went, oh, fuck. How <laughs> oh, many no. of these are there? Oh, God, oh, no.
0: <laughs> Which one was it for you? For me, it was the river when you're
1: on the top of the mountain looking down at the river below you. I think that's the one where it's, it wants you to notice. Um, okay. for me, For me, it was the clouds outside of the fort. Okay. Um. You remember the fort where you have to like walk on the panels to do the paths?
0: Yes. Yes. Um.
1: The the clouds outside of there. I just looked up and I was like, that looks like one of the puzzles. <laughs> um, Let me just try. this. But I had been noticing it. Like that was the first one where it clicked. But I had been noticing it up to that point where I was like, if I stand in this position, these flower beds make a circle. Uh, mm. But I didn't try it at that point. And then once I did the clouds, I was like, oh shit. And then when it really clicked for me was at the top of that tower where you had just done all the paths like by walking on them, you can do those paths again as clicked ones. Oh, I don't even know if I knew that. Yeah, all those paths double as environmental ones. And I was like, oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> god damn it. And now
0: once you start peeling back the layers on The Witness, you're like, shit, what did there's, they do
1: to me? There's one that's absurd. I watched a, a, a 100% speed run. You, you ever find the room where you can watch the videos in The Witness? Yes, there's one where it's like a 40 minute long video of a moon rising in the sky. Oh, like 35 minutes into that video. If you go around to the back of it, there's a crack in it. The moon lines up perfectly with the crack. And that's one of them. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's so frustrating. (laughs) Uh, But then once I figured it out, I started the game over and I did the sun on the opening gate. And I don't know if you ever did that. I think because that takes you to like a secret ending of the game.
0: I remember doing one with a sun, but it might have been like the sun on the beach
1: or something. Mm. There's like
0: a, like a beach,
1: yeah, ruins. There's a desert, and then like the sun reflecting on the golden things. Sometimes That's I makes think what it, I'm thinking of. Uh, the very first gate you go through, the sun lines up with the top part of it, and if you do that, the gate turns into a wormhole, and you go through, and you end up in this like developer area, and That's then you're funny. in like 3D renders like of the actual studio. And then you get like a live action cut scene looking through a guy's eyes as he's making breakfast in his kitchen. And he's like okay. looking around and he sees like circles in the kitchen. He just starts tapping them with his finger and he's like poking at things. And I'm like, this is how you feel after you finish this game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just You see it everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Looking out in my daily life like, but what if I just
1: try? Yeah, he's got like a spoon on the table and he like puts his finger on the, the this bowl of the spoon and then runs it down like the length of it. And he's like, That's oh, my really God. That's really funny.
0: <laughs> good lord what a game what a great game
1: uh but taiji uh, reminds me of that um okay i didn't get the same feeling that i got from the witness the witness is like a one of a kind for me i've never sure. been able to recapture the same sense of wonder <laughs> but this one c- comes close
0: Uh, I would be interested to check that out because I did love The Witness a lot. Uh, Knowing that it is really, really hard, though, like there were moments in The
1: Witness where I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep going Uh, with this. It's cheaper than The Witness, though. I want to say it's at most five dollars. Okay, I could get down with that. Uh, I will check right now. It's on Steam. Uh, Oh, no, it's twenty five bucks. I bought it on sale, though. You lied to me. I'll never play this game based on your lies. Uh,
0: Yeah, I I don't remember being that expensive. Uh, Well, I'm going to wish list that after we're done here, because that does sound appealing to me. So if there is a sale, that might be something that I hop on for sure. Yeah, Recommend it. Well, that sounds fun, Brendan. Did you have any other honorable mentions you wanted Uh, to get into? That was it
1: for honorable mentions.
0: Okay. Well, then I say it's time for us to move on to what is our top 10 lists, Mm -hmm. the top 10 Oh, actually, I'm sorry. No, there is one more. Never mind. Let's take a step back. (laughs) Brendan has something important to say. (laughs)
1: Uh, I played a game called Plate Up. I don't know if you've heard of this one. I've not heard of that. It's uh, so you remember uh, Overcooked, which is the multiplayer cooking game. Certainly. Uh, This is like that, but this is a roguelike version of that. Oh, no. uh, Where you can play solo or you can play up to four players and you're running a restaurant much like you are in Overcooked. Um, But if you fail to deliver uh, an order, you lose like one Mm -hmm. single order and it's over. Um, So you're collecting things like different recipes, uh, different cooking supplies like a a mixer that will automatically chop things for you or an oven that cooks faster Uh, mop so you can clean up spills on the ground because the spills make you walk slower through them Um, and you're just like trying to collect money to buy upgrades but you're also trying to like make sure you're delivering on every single order all the time Uh, and it's very fun because you can like rearrange all your supplies in the kitchen like I want the stove here I want the sink here Uh, you stay out in the, the dining room you take the orders I'll cook you come grab them from me. And if you ever come into my kitchen and start bumping into me, I'm going to fucking lose it. Uh, it's very fun. Very difficult. If the more like the more meals you, you get the harder it gets. Um, I like it a lot. Very good. Now, Brendan, we've been going for almost
0: two hours here. So I, I, I would ask you to just briefly cover this next question that I'm about to ask you. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, are you someone who loves the cook-serve-delicious games? I love, yeah. I have all three of them.
1: Uh, The first one's my favorite one, though.
0: I think you love those games more than anybody else
1: that I know on this planet. I love them. They're like a mixture of a cooking game and a typing game, and that's everything that I want. You are like the cooking
0: game aficionado that I know. You even <laughs> yeah. just recently admitted to me and one of our friends that you
1: loved playing cooking cooking mama. Cooking mama. I love cooking mama. I didn't play the one on the switch. Was it on the switch? I thought it was on the Wii. It might have been was on, there on the a Wii. Wii one. There was one that people thought was were mining bitcoins on your console. Oh well, that couldn't have been we. I think it was a switch. I think they were worried that it was mining bitcoins because it had some sort of blockchain stuff going on with it. But oh fuck! God damn know. it! I don't even cooking know why. Yeah, I don't even know what that was about or anything. But <laughs> those games are so much fun. You're just a you're a cooking fool. You can't stop cooking in these games. No, I can't. I love it. And you're a man who you like you like cooking in real life too. I do. Yep. Yeah. I was playing a lot of uh, Overcooked while I was working in a kitchen. And I would, like, recommend it to people. and They'd be like, I work in a kitchen. Why would I want to play a video game of working in a kitchen? I was like, well, because this, this is, is fun. To be, <laughs>
2: it's
1: supposed to be an escape from reality for yeah. me, Brendan. You're trying to drag me right back into this. <laughs> I go, you know what the escape is? is this is an efficient kitchen.
2: <laughs> and you don't
0: get paid for it. And I don't get Although, paid. Although, honestly, know? we probably don't get paid very much doing this job
1: right now, anyway. <laughs> to be fair. i had to work for an hour in the real kitchen to afford this fake kitchen game (laughs) right exactly
0: yeah i hope it was hope it was worth it uh damn overcooked i should spend more time playing the overcooked games i have only touched those for a little bit
1: i i won a medal playing cook serve delicious at pax i got a gold cook serve delicious medal uh for like getting a good enough score on one of the the levels at pax I'm sure you'll hold on to that for the rest of your life. It's in my it's in my pin board right next to the bronze one that they give to everyone who plays. I have my gold one. That's so everyone knows you. Mm -hmm. Nobody cooks better than this guy. Nope. Damn.
0: That is actually very cool. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's awesome, Brandon. Now, can we if you're done (laughs) with all these extra games, that's fine. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) it's time for us to move on to our personal top 10 games of the year. Mm -hmm. Now, Brendan, I'm going to ask you something, and uh, this might not even work its way into the episode audio based on your answer to this question I'm about to ask you. Okay. Uh, Knowing that you and me both were not super enthusiastic about all the games that came out this year, do you perhaps want to not cut this to just a top five? But maybe like each of us blast through like our bottom fives and then spend time going back and forth when we get to the top fives or do you do we want to kind of do this how we did it last year? Uh, well either way
1: I kind of forgot to do a top 10 so I just grabbed a bunch from my honorable mentions and didn't really rank them appropriately. <laughs> Brendan <laughs> you've ans- you've answered my question
0: <laughs> I so think- I have I have 10 but they're not in an order. <laughs> um, I think it might be smart of us to each each of us take time, like, going through 10 through 6, just like, rattle them off, say a couple quick things about them, what we liked about them, why they made the list. And then once we get to the top five, that's when we'll kind of take our turns going back and forth like we did in our last year's episode, where we probably did feel a little
1: bit more passionate about the games. Okay. (laughs) Does that seem fair to you? I think so, yeah. We don't have to spend all kinds of time on it.
0: Mamma mia!
1: Okay, Brendan, Well, I'm Glad that you agreed to these terms. <laughs> so
0: let's uh, get into, I guess, our the bottom halves of our top tens. Well, now I'm just confusing myself. By the way that we, yeah,
1: like, yeah, we'll have to do this. yeah. When you said when you said our bottom five, I was like, wait a minute, I didn't do a top five worst uh, games. I didn't rank every <laughs> single game that I played this year, and now I have to start from the bottom going up.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, I've confused you. I've confused myself. What we're going to do is we're going to go, each of us quickly go 10 through 6. I I'll I guess I'll get started. And then once we get to 5 through 1, we'll go back and forth and maybe spend a little bit more time talking about them. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. My number 10 game of the year already came up earlier on this podcast. It was Nobody Saves the World, uh, which I played on Xbox Game Pass again, and it's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Um, but worth picking up, I think it's it's... Fun how, like, you can change into different forms of different characters. You are the same character, but, like, by some sort of curse, you can become all these other things that each have their unique abilities um, that get put to the test in uh, a map full of roguelike dungeons. Um, And it was kind of fun, especially once you start being able to mix and match the abilities from one form and put them onto another. Mm -hmm. I don't think Uh, I even got that far. Well, if you had gotten that far, you would know how fun it was
1: to do it. I probably would love that, yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, It was fun to, yeah, kind of – you basically got to make your own builds of, like, characters in this game to take on dungeons because each dungeon has its own unique kind of – enemies or way that it works so kind of finding the best way to tackle that was really fun and then the humor of this game i thought was really good i thought the story was very silly Mm -hmm. um and and there was some memorable characters from this game um the music was really good i don't know it's it's i not something i would have ever played had it not been on xbox game pass but knowing that it was on there i checked it out i was glad that i did and now it would be something that i would have happily paid for Mm -hmm. it was a fun game Yeah. Uh my number nine game of the year was Ollie Ollie World. Ooh. Which I only just recently finished on uh PlayStation 5. Yeah, the latest, the th- only the third game, I think, in the Ollie Ollie franchise. They, it was the first one in a long time, but this one has taken kind of the next natural evolution for that series and pushed things into like more not it's still 2D, it's not 3D spaces, but there are kind of multiple planes of uh, the levels where you can jump into like the foreground or the background and keep doing your skate combos and stuff like that um lots of levels uh lots of you can just string together insane combos and and rack up your scores and trying to find the best way to be like okay well if i grind on this but don't grind on that and then do a manual on this tiny little bit of section. I can string together a combo throughout the entire level and and beat like the top score requirements that you have. Um, and just kind of trying to put all the pieces of that together mm-hmm. uh, was really fun. And yeah, it, d- it did feel kind of naturally like, oh, this is this is kind of I think what they wanted to do all along. But the first two games were very almost like rudimentary in, in comparison. Very minimalist. Yeah. Yeah. This one I think goes way beyond those and was very successful in doing so towards the end of the game. Some of the requirements for the challenges are like absurdly hard. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish all of them. I did Mm -hmm. beat the game, but I would like to get the platinum trophy. And some of the things that I'm going to have to do for that, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do. Kind of like the platinum for uh, the Tony Hawk remakes. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm just not capable of doing some of the things that they're asking me to. Uh, But we'll see. I'm Probably going to still keep playing it. I only just recently finished it and I'm still very much invested in it. So it was a good time. Uh, Number eight for me, a game that I know we both played. It was Cult of the Lamb. Yep.
1: Devolver. They're at it again. They're at it again. The hot publishing company. Have you heard of them?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this game was really great. I did play it on Switch, which was a huge mistake because it ran like dog shit. Yep, (laughs) that was a mistake. Uh, The combination of like the procedurally procedurally generated – Ooh, I tried to say that much too fast. (laughs) Uh, Combat through the overworld and then getting back to your hub and um, taking care of all of your followers. Uh, Once you would get back to your village and things were – moving, there were lots of moving pieces and and many people performing different tasks and things flying all over the screen. On Switch, towards the end of this game, it became basically like a slideshow, like a clip show, like everything yeah.
1: was just running so poorly. It started to struggle in those scenes on my computer, even. And if you can't get it right on the PC, yeah. you just...
0: Imagine you can only imagine how bad it was for me on Switch. So, when you have to do like cooking and cook Mm -hmm. meals for your followers, and it's the slider that jumps back and forth, and you have to time it so it lands right in the middle of the window to cook the meal properly, you would have to that would stutter on the Switch anyway. But then you would have to press the button about like a second and a half earlier than you actually wanted to to make (laughs) sure that it registered. That sounds like a nightmare. And then in the levels where you're fighting against enemies, um, eventually the buttons just would not respond anymore. It was almost like a Joy-Con drift thing where your character would just like kind of move off on its own and not register any of the inputs that you did. Unless I backed out of the game back to my Switch home screen and then opened the game back up. Hmm. Um, It was extremely frustrating. I also had four hard crashes. (laughs) Just not oh, recommended.
2: <laughs> not
0: good. All of that is to say, uh it, it it was still a great game that overcame like those technical problems that I don't think were the fault of the developers of the game. Right, yeah. The Switch, we're due for it. We're just due for a new one.
1: Yeah. I had a couple uh game breaking bugs, but it sounds like it was much worse for <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> it's kind of a disaster. Um, but it was
0: uh yeah, the way they balanced all of that stuff. I also, I, I would f- almost consider Cult of the Lamb if this was a category for us to have like the best sound design of the year, like the voice, voice acting, and sound effects. And, <laughs> the and, me me me, the weird, crazy languages that some of the spooky people you meet on your yeah. travels have, uh, very interesting stuff.
1: Kind audio-wise. of like a, kind of like a dark banjo kazooie. Almost. You know what? That's almost the exact perfect
0: way to describe it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Cult of the Lamb, a surprise hit for me. I enjoyed it a lot. Number seven for me was uh, Pentiment. Have you heard of this one? I have heard of it. It looked bad to me. You really kind of have to be sold on the premise of what they're going for. It's, it's, I, I, (laughs) if it looks bad to you, it probably will be bad for you. Mm -hmm. Um. But it's basically a, a like an adventure, crime-solving mystery kind of thing where you are playing as a fifteenth century, fourteenth century, I, some some mi- middle age, mi- medieval time,
1: medieval scribe. So
0: uh, you are y- you're a artist, mm-hmm. um, and there you are working at a, a monastery. In uh, Germany, I think it is. And there is a murder at the monastery. And it's up to you to kind of solve the murder and figure out who did it. Um, and you go throughout the entire town of like the monks and the wealthy people in the town. And then like the townsfolk who are working and own businesses and homes. And then also to like the peasants, like the very lowest level people who are just constantly stepped upon by the other people that you've talked to in the game. Um, just trying to figure out who could have been responsible for this murder, who, who had reason to do it. Um, you put together an argument for who you think did it. And then the game kind of progresses from there. Uh, there's a time jump where you come back to the same exact city and there is another murder and you have to do it all <laughs> over again.
1: OK, yep.
0: Um, And it's very similar, but under very different circumstances. Um, And then there is another time jump and, <laughs> and, and another you, murder. There is not another murder in the third time jump, but you are actually playing as a different character trying to put together like what is the history of this place like what really happened it's fun cuz you play through like these moments in the past of this town mm-hmm. and like the the murders that happened and the people that lived in this town and why they were important and and what was going on in the world um and in this third section of the game you are this other character who is actually painting a mural for the town of like the history of the town and you're you're almost trying to figure out well what was true about like all of these things or like what did what did people really think of like all this stuff that I, that y- the other character lived through and like did mm. all of these things. Um, so it's almost revisiting it from like a different lens, talking to people as they lived through these moments and, and kind of how they thought of it. Um, and things that like conversations that you had with characters in the past as the other person, like change how people viewed the events of those days when you're talking to yeah. them in, in, like the future years, which is pretty cool. It sounds kind of interesting. Um, it is very interesting and there's lots of things that could be spoiled about it, but I won't.
2: Uh, <laughs> All right.
0: But that was an also an Xbox game past game, which I don't think I would have played if not for that. And I was glad that I did The, the story was really interesting. The art style is really funny. It's like things that you see in old scripture from yep. those times of like the weird ways in which they depict humans and animals. That is just how everything <laughs> looks in this world. Um, and it's a very, very memorable characters. Um, and I would, you know, I would definitely recommend it, Brendan, if you end up getting
1: Xbox game pass, uh, this is one to put on your list for sure. Just to even check it out for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I might check it out. I've, I've heard people have recommended it, but every time I look at it, I'm like, that doesn't look like the kind of game that I want to play.
0: And it very well may not be <laughs>
2: like, mm.
1: but I, I also kind of had
0: those thoughts and then kind of, I came around on it pretty quickly, so. It's
1: possible. It kind of reminds me. Your description of it reminded me kind of of uh, the Return of the Obradin. I mean, have you ever played yeah. that one? Where like you're yeah. trying to piece together what happened to all the people on the ship through like little vignettes. That is
0: not a terrible way to describe how the mysteries and like your detective work kind of play out in mm-hmm. this game. Is yeah, it, it's finding motives for things and and. Why people wanted to like following up on different leads, um, and and yeah, kind of. That is, I I actually like Return of the Oberdin quite a lot. I like Return now of that the I, now I think about it. That's, <laughs> that's a hell of a game.
1: There's another one that came out this year that sounds similar as well. The Golden Eagle or something like that, where it's another one of those Golden, mystery kind of games. Golden Idol, maybe the Golden Idol. Yeah, it's it's another. It sounds like this might have been a good year for that kind of thing, because people I seem to really have... like that one too. Yeah, I, I had heard the same. I might have to check that out. That one's ugly, though. That's my problem with that one is I can't fucking stand looking at it. That can be hard to overcome. Yep. This one is purposely made to look <laughs> yes. weird. This, this one looks like I could tell exactly what they're going for looking at screenshots of it, and it seems to have nailed it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, Pentiment.
0: I don't know. I it's I don't want to say too much about it. Play it. Huh.
1: I'm, sho- I'm surprised. Not shocked. I'm surprised if that made your list. I don't. I think you might have brought it up one time up before now.
0: Um, it was a late entry to the list. Mm-hmm. I did not play it until maybe a month ago or something like that. Um, but uh, I, as as I approached the end of that game, I kind of really appreciated everything that it had been doing. And um, it's, sat, it's it stuck with me, I think, for a little bit of like, what a nice kind of neat little story that was. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Not something that I ever would have expected to even exist as a video game, but here we are. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my sixth ranked game
1: was Tiny Kin. Oh, yep, yep. I still haven't tried that one. I think you would like it quite a quite I a great would. deal. It looks it looks like fun. <laughs> it's
0: a 3D platformer uh, that has Pikmin elements in it. Is the way that a lot of people describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a little tiny person in size inside a regular sized house um so you are big r- household objects are very big to you it's kind yep. of doing one of those things um but your the main hook is that you can collect these things called tinykins um, which are little bug thingies that will you can put together to do different abilities in the world, like some of them create like a ladder or or some of them help you jump higher or help you move faster. Um, they all have different abilities and that is kind of where it becomes like Pikmin is is they all help you progress through the world and then will help you carry things to specific destinations. Well, okay, yep, yep. <laughs> so we've all seen that before. yep. Um, but it's just kind of a satisfying 3d platformer in, and every year I feel like there's one of those, like there's a, there's a 3d platformer that comes out where I'm like, you know what? I don't want to have to think too hard. I just want to have fun, like running around and jumping up and down on stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and this one for me, that was, this was the one this year and yeah, kind of the extra benefit of. Like, the way that the Tiny can help you pull off all these different tasks is cool. It's got, like, a weird story going on where there are actual insects in the house that worship, like, the the guy who owned the house. Yep. And you kind of learn what happened to the guy who owned the house that you're in. um, And... There are lots of different levels where there are different aspects of that. And like the bugs worship the guy in different ways. I don't know. There's weird shit going it's, on. It
1: sounds interesting.
0: It's very strange. I kind of didn't pay too much attention to that though. And it was, this was almost like a good podcast game where you could just run around the levels and and do the very simple tasks and not have to think about it too much while like listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. um, which for me at this point in life is a very valuable thing. I like just, not having to use my brain too much. If I can use my brain, really not at all, uh, and and still feel like I'm having a good time, that's that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> this game helped me do that. Who I've been talking for a while based on the format of how we decided to do these <laughs> top
2: <10s. laughs>
0: Yep. Brendan, it's time for you to talk for a long time because time you're for gonna me. tell me.
1: Yep. You're 10 through 6. All right, my number 10. Uh, we're going to start it off with Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Nice. Um, which I had a good time with this game. It's a pretty standard Kirby format. Um, I played it a lot when it came out. Like I went pretty hard on it, and I think that it was to the detriment of the game. I think it might have been higher on the list if I hadn't have had that, like, I must 100% this as I play through it, and I refuse to leave a level until I've completed everything in the level. Uh, cause that's exactly how I played it. I would not move on from a level until I've done everything. And I did do everything, including like once you beat the final boss, you unlock a new arena to fight through with like a harder version of the final boss. Um, I did all that, but I am a huge fan of Kirby as it is. And to have this kind of like open world ish format to a Kirby game that we haven't really seen before where like the levels are 3d kind of stand boxes that you can run around in. Um, Typically, even the 3D Kirby games are still side-scrolling, like, uh, your Crystal Shards on 64, or the newer ones even on the Wii, uh, so to have this, like, different format to it with, like, a lot of the same old abilities that you're, you're used to seeing, like, your sword and your boomerang and everything, uh, it was a, a nice, like, slight change of form, Kirby games never really do anything too new, uh, this one still didn't, um, but exactly what i'm looking for for a kirby game a lot to collect there's a bunch of like hidden things in every level there's all kinds of secret levels where you get to really like see what the abilities can do um and it feels like it's ending like three times before you actually get the real ending of the game (laughs) yes it does (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i love that anytime a game can make me be like oh it's over but i wish there was more and then like but wait there is more and you're like, oh yeah, and you play through another level and you're like, Oh, now it's really over, but I wish there was more. And it's like, but wait, there is more. Keep going, Kirby. Keep <laughs> it's like, going. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then like the the not the final boss, but the first final boss. Uh, that you fight, you end up running away from it, like, down a hallway in this horror chase scene where there's, like, amalgam thing is chasing you, and the soundtrack for that level has this, like, computer voice playing over it, and it's the coolest song I've ever heard in a Kirby game. Uh, I can't remember what she's saying, but she's saying something like, and now we see the ultimate life form. Uh, it's fucking rad. Uh, yeah, that's my number 10, Kirby in the Forgotten Lands.
0: It's really funny to me, like the memes that I saw at the time that game came out that are so accurate and prove to be true every time a new Kirby game comes out. It's like world one boss, funny tree. yeah, F- final boss,
1: like chaos, world consuming <laughs> demon entity that's Kirby. The Kirby lore <laughs> is fascinating. It's so uh, <laughs> fucked. It's so it's, fucked. It's the wildest thing there is. And you can also Kirby's got this fun thing where every time you start a new game and they introduce the cute sidekick, you know that that's the final boss you're hanging out with for the entire game. You just know it. At this point, they can't hide it. They hardly even try to hide it. Uh it's great. Awesome. That game was very fun. It's my number 10. Uh, my number nine is Cult of the Lamb. We talked about this uh, a lot already. I really enjoyed the village building aspect of the game. I would say more than the like dungeon crawling roguelike portions of it. I love when you give me an opportunity to set people up on tasks and like build a little town for them to live in. Uh, I spent a lot of time decorating my town with like items that don't actually do anything. This was something that I
0: I was hoping it was going to be on your list because you showed me your town and it was so much more aesthetically pleasing than mine was. Mine was just very functional. I'm like everyone, this is where like the outhouses are Mm -hmm. and where these people will go do this job. This is like the farm corner over here. They're all do this. And then I don't care about
1: the way that this looks. I just want it to work, but yours is like beautiful and impeccably. I had, I did have districts like that where like the farms are all over here. The quarries are all up here. Uh, the church is over here, and the church is surrounded by the graveyard. Um, so I did do that, but I did have like a little central town square with like a fountain in the middle. and <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, I did like the the combat. I thought that was fun. My favorite weapon, I think, is the claw weapon that you get. I, would, I think I would also say that's my favorite, yeah. yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I almost platinumed it. The only achievement I missed was, I think, sacrifice 10 villagers. I want to say by the end of the game I had sacrificed two or three. I was maybe a, just a couple more than that, not much yeah. though. I didn't. I didn't love sacrificing them, and if they would die of old age, I would do the ritual to bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: I can't let anyone go. No, they all. They all. They're mine.
1: <laughs> and then you get the ability where if you die, you can sacrifice one to come back. I don't think I ever did that. I just gave up on the run. Fair. Um, but I had a great time with that game. It was the, the art style is amazing. I think it it works very well for what it's going for. Uh, the 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 old gods that you fight are all like the adorable kind of creepy that I, I love in a in an art style, like a, a binding of Isaac kind of thing, almost Uh good time all around. I spent probably 20 hours with that game uh, and enjoyed every minute. good game. Good yeah. game. Um I didn't have the problems you had. I did have some slowdown in the village. Uh I had a couple instances where enemies would get stuck out of bounds, so I couldn't progress because I couldn't kill them.
0: I also had that issue. <laughs>
1: yeah, otherwise, nah, nah, I was fine most of the time. Um so that's my number nine. Uh my number eight is Neon White. I believe that came out this year. It sure did. Uh I had a great time with Neon White. Neon White uh is a first person uh shooter speed running kind of game where you pick up different cards that let you use different weapons, like uh, an SMG or a shotgun. And if you right-click while holding any of those, they all have their own abilities, too. Like, the shotgun lets you turn into a fireball, and you can fly in any direction for, like, a second, I think. Um, and so it just turns into these, like, very well-put-together speedrunning areas where you're just trying to get through them as quickly as possible, looking for shortcuts, uh, trying, to, trying to beat the developer times on them, uh for a while I this is this is one of those completionist games like Kirby where I refuse to leave a level until I had collected all of the secrets and gotten uh at least the ace medal which is not the developer time but the highest like score you can get um before the developer time some of the developer times are like 30 seconds faster than the ace medal and you're just sitting there like fuck how do I even how? begin when? to do that <laughs> yeah. where is this possible uh, there was one level I remember where you start out on the water and you've got to go up a tower, uh, and it, there's like a bunch of towers that you're supposed to go up. And I found a way to launch yourself from the bottom to the exit, and I cut like 40 seconds off my friend. Like the it shows you your friend leaderboard. I cut like 40 seconds off their time, and I was like, Damn. "Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> like there we go." That makes you feel so good. It does. You're like nobody knows this. I found this, uh, and you you can watch the ghost of yourself, but you don't get to see your friends' ghosts or any developer ghosts. So anytime you find a shortcut, you're like, I did that. I I broke this level wide open. Nobody Incredible. knows about that, and then you still don't get the developer time, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> what what else can there be? Oh no. Uh, but it's a great game, and then you unlock like a, a mode where it wants you to run through every level without dying, and that's about the time I was like, you know, I might be, I might be good on that. <laughs> um, but I had a great time with it. It kind of has an Atlas feel to it, where you are like giving gifts to your friends to find like little relationship boosting cutscenes and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good time. Highly recommend it. Uh, I think it was what twenty bucks on Steam. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's Neon White. Uh, the main character is voiced by the guy who voices Spike Spiegel, which is kind of fun because every time you launch the game, you get to hear him go, we're neons. <laughs> really I like that. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, my number seven game uh, is Vampire Survivors. This is one that I played a lot when it first came out. And when it first came out, it had very little going on. I think there were 13 achievements at the time, and every achievement is tied to some sort of unlock in the game. Uh, and at current date, there are, what, 130 achievements now? Some uh, ungodly amount, yes. Uh, Yeah. So I had all, there are 159 currently. I had all 13 <laughs> at the time. And they released something else. And I was like, ah, I'm good. I played it. I played it. And then very recently, I went back to it. Uh, and it's almost an entirely different uh, experience now with how much there is to do. um, And, like, all the secrets hidden in all the levels that didn't used to be there and just this wild, wacky stuff. Uh, it was about the point where I realized uh, some of the levels do crazy things that I was like, okay, I, this is awesome. Like, there's a level where you have to go through a mirror. Like, you run you run up and up and up in a tower, uh, and there's a mirror that's glowing. And if you go into it, you go into a secret room. Um, and there's another level where if you run to the bottom left for long enough, the game, quote-unquote, glitches out, and you end up in basically a sprite sheet of just every uh, item in the game is just, like, in the background, and you're running on top of that, and you fight, like, these secret bosses there. Uh, it's doing a lot of wacky things that I've really enjoyed. Um, and there's a lot of these games that have come out since this one launched. This was, I would say, like, the first big one of these, uh, I don't even know what you would call them. The, the- Auto-shooting... Sh- Kind of like an auto. Sh- yeah, it's not an auto battler. That's a different thing, but it is like right. a, they when it first came out, they called it a reverse bullet hell because you like are the that bullet that hell. You like, <laughs> like that description a lot. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're the one shooting all the bullets out. Um But you you're just but you're getting upgrades and it's it's doing all the fighting for you. And all you have to do is walk around and try not to get touched. Um And that sounds kind of boring. And at first it is. Like, I think the beginning of this game is the worst part of it until you get like a bunch of good unlocks and characters and uh, until you get hyper mode. I think it's it takes a long time to get anything done. But then as you progress and as you unlock things, it gets to be a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, I've put I I want to say I had 10 hours in that game when it first came out and now I'm up to 50. So I've put another 40 hours into it. Well, damn, uh, And it's Sounds really like good. You enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's my number seven. The number six is a game I don't know if you've heard of called Patrick's Parabox. I've heard of this. I have absolutely no clue what it is. Uh, It is a puzzle game. I am a big fan of puzzle games, as you may know. Uh, And this one uh, was very fun. So this, it's going to be hard for me to explain. It's much easier when you see it. But the, the idea of it is you are inside of a box. And sometimes that box you are inside of exists inside of the box you are in. And if you exit, like, if there's an exit on one, like, the left side of the box, you go out of it and you'll come out of the little one inside the puzzle. Um, And so you're trying to find ways to, like, push things inside of other things uh, to, like, get a box where it needs to go. But then you'll get into these situations where if you push the level outside of itself, then it creates, like, an infinite, like, recursion of the level uh, oh, it's no. very difficult no. to explain. I can't. I can't. I cannot do it justice. But it's this like dimensional puzzle solving where you exist inside of a square that exists in the puzzle, and you've got to like position it in places so that you can like push things into it or enter it yourself uh, to like reorient things or get things away from walls. It's got a lot of levels. Uh, it gets extremely tricky, um, but it is a lot of fun. I also love Parabox. Parabox, yeah, yeah a word that's very good yep um some of the levels oh boy uh get get real real difficult um although i don't think i ever really got stuck until the bonus levels at the end i was most of the time there aren't enough like permutations of what you can do to where it becomes like impossible to figure it out like generally if you're just trying things you'll eventually find the way things work and it'll start to like click like This is how I make an Epsilon universe of this, like, which is, again, wild to try to explain. But if you see it, you're like, all right, I'm starting to figure it out. Um, So you can eventually, like, blunder your way through it. Uh, But it's very good. Very good puzzle game. Uh, One of the hard puzzle games, but not as hard as something like a Steven's sausage roll or a Baba is you. I was getting Baba is you vibes for a second yeah. there when you started talking about
0: like warping the reality of the level. or
1: Yeah, um, I like think that. Baba is you is harder. I think it's they they're both difficult for kind of the same reason in that you don't know what you can do until you've done it. Mm-hmm. And Baba is you had that problem a lot where it's like you've got to know of a mechanic the way like a mechanic works specifically to be able to solve the puzzle. And you might just not have ever come across a situation where you need to know that mechanic until now. And so you're stuck because you didn't know you could do that. Right. Um, and with Baba is you, that's harder than it is in Patrick's Parabox because there's just more that could be done in that game. Patrick's Parabox, they're all very small levels. They're like five by five or like 10 by 10 grids that you're working in. And so there's only so many things you can do. So eventually you're going to stumble on the thing it wants you to do. Um, or at least you'll stumble on the thing that's like this is see, see what just happened. You see how that interacted. Now, how do you apply that? Uh, whereas Bobby is you, I've, there are some things where it's like, I would never have figured that out if I didn't look it up. Um, but very good. That's my number six, Patrick's pair box, a very good puzzle game. I think it's cheap. I don't remember the price right now. I should have next time I will write down prices and things.
0: <laughs> uh, that's okay. Uh, that is okay. Well now I have. Some idea. I have a very good idea actually of what that game is. I had heard the name. I saw the word Parabox. I said, that's stupid. That's not a thing. <laughs> and uh now I have some
1: closure on, on mm-hmm. what that was all about. It's I highly recommend it if you like puzzle games. If you don't, then don't don't. Just don't. <laughs> Sometimes
0: I think I do, but then that like the whole thing with tunic where that's not even really <laughs> like that. No, sometimes
1: it's not even really that tough. But. I think this is more straightforward than Tunic, but okay. I also think the puzzles are more difficult than Tunic. Mm. I don't know. Tunic is hiding things from you. This one is not hiding things from you, but this one asks, asks you to think outside the para box. <laughs> hey. hey. Okay, please. Baba never Booey.
0: Do that again. <laughs> uh, well, to not give you another chance to make a terrible pun, <laughs> uh, that sounds great, Brendan. That anyway. Is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess now it is time to move on to our top 5 games of the year. My number 5 game of the year is one that we have already talked about a little bit, which would be Vampire Survivors. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself to even be the best at this game. I it's like I sometimes I don't even know if I'm playing it the right way. Like based on the things that I've seen people do, I'm like, "Oh, people are doing things that I've never even considered doing." Um, but the moments where you get you, you can build that those standstill builds where you have just the perfect amount of weapons where you you reach that point where you don't even have to move. And what you have acquired has evolved to the point where you are just a killing machine. You could put your controller down literally for 25 minutes and the level will finish itself. You can come back and say, oh, great. I won. Yep. Um, you feel like a god in yeah. those moments. And it's incredible. It's it's such a good feeling. and And – you don't get to that point unless you experiment with the many different weapons that they present to you in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, So like testing everything out, testing out their evolutions, finding what those evolutions, how, how they were, how they are to be created, um, going through that process and like, Basically completing the checklist of like, okay, I've, I've tried all of these. I've tried all of these combinations to like what works best. And there is literally uh, a checklist. There <laughs> is literally, completed. they do literally give you that too. So you <laughs> don't have to make one on your own.
2: Yep. Um,
0: yeah. Kind of learning how to be like the, the killing machine in that game that you want to be in. And, and yeah, kind of, of putting together those pieces And achieving it in those moments feels very, 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 very good. I never had the experience that you did and that I only just played this like uh, sometime within the last few months. Yep. So I never had a moment where I came back to it and it was an entirely different game. Sort of when I came to it, it was what it is now. Yeah. Um, And what it is now is, I think, really a truly incredible game and kind of my first introduction to this game genre whatever we decided to call it (laughs) um and yeah i i thought it was a lot of fun and again like i said about tinykin a great podcast game oh yeah you could literally just tune out once you reach a certain point and just let it ride baby
1: yep sometimes i would uh set my character moving in a direction and then click out of the window so they just keep walking in that direction smart Smart. Uh, the only problem with that is it it halves the uh, the game's running time, so like it, uh, it it runs slower. Well, that's
0: okay. You can just you know go make a sandwich or something and come yeah. back, and he'll still be going.
1: I I started. I got to a point in that game where I started playing it always in hyper mode and always in double speed. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, because you're
0: just waiting for sweet death to find you. <laughs> yep. And and waiting at the full amount of time that you can possibly do that is is not an enjoyable. I mean, it's still enjoyable experience, but being able to speed that up was really huge. The
1: most overpowered I got is I got a build, uh, where like you were talking about where the death just keeps respawning as soon as you kill it. That didn't happen every time. I don't know why, when it happens, what the condition is, but, uh, I hadn't killed death at all. And then I got into a build where I was just going crazy. And after I finished the run, I got the achievement for killing death 3000 times. So I killed it 3,000 times in one run. In a single run.
0: (laughs) So I didn't even know what was happening. That's that. Yeah, that is purely an accident. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The kinds of things that you could do in that game are just mind boggling. So, Brendan, okay, well, then let's think about this then. What's the best weapon in Vampire Survivors?
1: Oh, there's so many good ones. Uh my favorite weapon is the garlic, but I think the best weapon is the sword that you can get uh as the queen who you unlock for completing the collection. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with the sword. I don't think I got that far. It's the Victory Sword is what it's called. It's very good. It it once you evolve it, uh you every so often turn into a galaxy. Uh <laughs> and wow. you are untouchable and you're just destroying everything around you. Um I've even seen things from the DLC that's like a four seasons. The four seasons is very good as well, yeah.
0: That's kind of cool. I haven't played the DLC, but I'm into that. Oh, the DLC adds a lot of good stuff, yeah. Garlic is undeniably good. hmm Um, just keeps people away from you and helps it's like the one of the building blocks of the no move build. Yeah. The
1: standstill build. Is the cat is the cat person in the, the base game where like the cats come out and then they just like scratch things They're- is, but I didn't use it enough times to kind of figure out what it was doing. I think it sucks. I don't.
0: <laughs> I feel <laughs> I also like think it, it
1: sucks. I feel like it hurts you sometimes, too. There are a couple weapons that hurt you. Uh, like there's a sword that you can get in the DLC that directly drains your life. And then the dog that has
0: flowers or plants or something. The flowers
1: actually heal. Okay. I wasn't sure what those yeah. were. Uh, yeah. Those heal for some reason. But then you can get one of the cards, makes them explode. So then they deal damage. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay,
0: maybe I'll have to revisit this. <laughs> this is another one of those games where you could probably revisit this and they'll have added hmm. more onto it over time that yeah, it, it, it may bet, be yeah. worth checking in
1: throughout 2023. For I sure. have not finished it, but I have 150 out of 159 unlocks. Well, you got to finish off that list, baby. I do, yep. But some of them are like kill 3000 kappas. And I'm like, I don't even know where the kappas spawn. <laughs>
0: It's, you know, with a little bit of time, maybe you'll find the answers that you're looking maybe. for. I could Google it. Uh, well, I mean, don't cheat yourself at the experience. <laughs> My number five, Vampire Survivors, a great game. Brendan, your number five game of the year, please.
1: My number five is a game called Dome Domekeeper. Uh, this is a side-scrolling pixel art mining game, uh, similar in style to like a SteamWorld Dig Or um, I don't know what else there's there's a a good amount of these like you're you're going down the screen Uh, drill drill master or something is one that I played a long time ago super mother load super mother load yeah it's like that Um, but it's split into I would say two distinct sections of the game you've got your mining section uh, and during that there's a timer running in the bottom left corner and when that runs out. Then you're under attack and you have to go back to the top of your mind where you have your dome. Uh, And at the beginning of the game, you choose a weapon. You either choose a sword or a laser. Uh, And when you're under attack, you're you're controlling the sword or the laser on your dome in like an arc. Uh, And you're fighting off these aliens that are all coming in from all sides of the screen trying to break your dome. Um, And like the laser does what it sounds. You just shoot it. The sword is fun because you kind of just swing it really fast back and forth and it hits things, and if it hits them while it's going fast enough, it deals a lot of damage. Uh, and while you're in the mine, you're collecting iron, water, uh, cobalt, and ch- m- chips, like microchips. Um, the iron you use to upgrade, like your sword, like you can make it bigger, or you can make it so you can shoot it out on like a spear, like tether kind of thing, and you can get an upgrade that lets you control it in the air, uh, or you can get a shield or repair your dome. Uh, the chips give you things like. Uh, a little dinosaur called drillbert uh who you can drop in the mine and he just drills left and right uh and like opens up pathways for you, uh, you i get love that. that yeah it's very good there's an upgrade for drillbert where you get a second one called drillium uh and
2: and you, okay. <laughs> you put
1: both of them down now, uh, you comedy can also, rule of thirds is there a third one there with is another fun name one, damn no. it Um, you get like an elevator where you can just drop materials in and there's orbs that go up and down the elevator and they can carry like up to four things with them up to your processing center. Um, so you're just trying to go as deep as you can. You have to upgrade your own drill so that you can dig through harder surfaces. Uh, you have to upgrade your carrying capacity, your move speed. You don't want to make your tunnels too confusing or you'll get lost on the way back up to fight off the things which never stop coming. Uh, you've got like, I think it's a minute and a half between each wave, Uh, And your end goal is to find the end goal of the base game is to find the final chip, um, which then once you find it and bring it back to your base, you will be set upon by a massive wave of enemies that is almost impossible to beat. You can beat it if you're set up properly. uh, But once you're about to be destroyed, the last artifact you find comes out and explodes and kills everything and then you win. Uh, There's also an endless mode where you have a little rocket and you're sending materials up from the rocket and that increases your, uh, your score. And so like I send 10 iron up now I'm getting 10 points per turn. Um, but if I also send a cobalt up that increases my multiplier. So 10 iron and a cobalt. Now I'm getting 20 per turn because I've got a two times multiplier or whatever. And you're trying to see how long you can go. And that one ends when you escape. So you have to keep like a backlog of iron to, to send yourself off the planet or you'll die. And then I think your score gets like doubled if you make it off the planet. Uh, And so you're just like, that's like a a leaderboard kind of thing. Uh, The time I played it, there was only one playable character. I think now there's a second one. Uh, But it's like this kind of it's this fun game. You can play it for like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the size of map you're playing on. Um, And it's always different because your your mind's always going to be like somewhat randomized as to where things are. Uh, and, like, certain structures can appear in the mine, like uh, different rocks that you can't drill through. Um, it is the kind of game where I would sit down and think about playing it, but then go, but I don't really want that kind of stress in my life right now. Sure. Because there is a lot to juggle. Uh, but when I did sit down to actually play it, I had a great time every time. Uh, but it, it's it, it sometimes it took me some mental effort to even be like, all right, let's do this. Let's go mining. Uh, But I had a great time with it. I really love the sword is my favorite weapon. I thought the sword would suck because a melee weapon in a game where you're facing waves coming at you and you can't move sounds like a terrible idea, but it's a lot of fun. You get an ability that makes it bounce when it hits one side. So like you'll swing it from one side, it'll bounce and you can immediately start swinging it full speed back the other way. Nice. And you start whipping that thing back and forth. Well, this was like Patrick's Parabox. This was
0: a game that I had only heard in name only and didn't know anything about. And uh, that all sounds good, Brendan. I, I, that. It sounds like a good game. I could see why it made your list. I'm interested in that kind of thing. Uh, the moment you said this reminded you of like Steam World Dig or some other game where you drill down like that, I was instantly sold. Yeah,
1: yep. That's that's what sold me. I was like, I love mining. Give me a fucking mining game. Any. I day. love mining games too. What is it about <laughs> Steam World Dig? And I don't know.
0: It's something so satisfying about yeah, just seeing how far you can go, how far down you can go, how good your drill can get. Yeah, pushing the limits of yep. your own exploration on things like that. Even Super Mother Load was a game I didn't play, but Mother Load I think used to be a flash game you could play in yes, the browser. Yep. I played the fuck out of that when I was a middle schooler or whatever age a I wee was. you lad. <laughs> when I was a younger man. And that was uh, the beginning of my love affair with drilling games. And knowing that this is a drilling game, it's on for me, baby. I'm definitely going to play it. It's very good. I highly recommend it. Um, Yeah. Incredible. That sounds really good. I'm super interested in that. (laughs) Man, I wish I'd known about that sooner. I'd heard the word Domekeeper, but didn't look into it. Yep.
2: Domekeeper
0: (laughs) on the, I have it on Steam. I think it's only on PC right now. That's fine. I'm I'm invested. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for that. Okay, moving on. Uh, My number four game of the year, we have already talked about it because it was on your list. It is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, I don't think I went as hard with making sure that I 100%ed all of the levels like you did. Mm -hmm. Um, I did do that at first and then kind of hit a wall where – I. I, there are some games where I will be like, yes, I will not move on until I'm sure that I have 100% gotten everything in this. And, and there was just so many little hidden things in this game that I'm like, if I do this, I will never be able to finish this game. Yep. So I had to be willing to let a few things go. But it was such a fun game that I might be willing to go back and like touch up the things that I did not get. Mm-hmm. um For my money, I, I again again, I don't think I'm as... Probably not as big a Kirby fan as you are based on your description. Um, but for my money, this is probably the best Kirby game that has ever
1: existed. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, good.
2: <laughs> I, was, I, would, I wasn't I would,
1: sure how you were going to read I would put that. it up there. I mean, they're all the, pretty much the same. This one does the most different. Uh,
0: that is what I liked about it so yeah. much. As is, is I feel like a lot of the, like, Wii era ones or, like, even, like, GBA kind of th- things like that. Mm-hmm. They are all very, very, very similar games. And this one, I feel like has the same formula, but presents it in like a very fresh way. I feel yep. like it's almost like the Super Mario 3D world of Kirby games.
1: Yeah. Yep. I would give it that.
0: Um, and I loved it a lot for that. The abilities are all great. And I think the level design is impeccable. Um, it's yeah, I think a fantastic game.
1: While we're, while we're on it again, what would you say is the best mouthful mode for Kirby? We didn't touch on it when I brought it up. But in this game, Kirby can inhale objects like cars or vending machines and kind of gain the properties of them. It's not the same as his copy ability, uh, but it's similar. The best mouthful mode. So the car is
0: good. I do mm-hmm. like the car. Um, at the end of the game, you get to become a bus which is very funny (laughs) going up or no, like a semi truck.
1: There's buildings falling from the sky and you're riding along them on a, yeah, as a semi truck. Yeah. (laughs) It's insane.
0: Uh, oh man, I don't know, Brendan. I'm not sure. I I can't remember all of the mouthful modes. I think maybe just the straight up car might be my
1: pick, but you might blow me out of the water with whatever your pick is. Uh, I kind of like the, the water balloon I think is my favorite one.
0: Oh yeah. You know what? The water balloon's really good.
1: I like that one. Uh, because i liked it because he gets smaller the more you use the water like he's actually deflating i thought that was yeah. a lot of fun
0: <laughs> they pay that off they do what they're supposed to with that yeah
1: <laughs> so then what's the worst one the forklift uh the stairs I oh the say. stairs
0: sucks yeah the yeah. stairs sucks
1: because you're just moving them most yeah, of the
0: time you can flop them over but it doesn't really do what you yeah. want it to yeah the stairs kind of sucks the stairs and the forklift wasn't very good either No, the puzzles that they try to create for the forklift never really, I think, work as well as they intended them to. So,
1: Yeah, I kind of liked the cone.
0: Cone was good. The ring was underutilized, I feel like. Yes, yep. Um, and then there's the one that you can fly with, which those levels were good. There's I think lots that only fun, happens like,
1: like two or three times.
0: Only a couple times, but there's also like minecart levels that they have in this yep. game, which are good. It does have fun like on rail segments, which you yep. want in a platformer like this. And those are all good. It's just it feels good. It feels good to play this game. And that's it what is, you yep. want out of a Kirby
1: game. Uh, and like I said, I think my pro- my only problem with it is my own Need. it's a brendan problem it's yeah, a brendan it's, it's a me thing i burned myself out on it but i forced myself to play through the burnout no you you could have enjoyed
0: this so much more if you had just gotten out of your own head yeah but i didn't and i still it still made my top 10 <laughs> well that speaks to the quality of the game i would say <laughs> uh it's hard for me to talk about some of these games because i played them so fucking long ago now yeah. at this point Uh, perhaps I should have done a little research before we started up again, but I didn't. And it's too
1: late. That's all right. Brandon, your number four game of the year. My number four is uh, a game that I played. This is, I'm kind of breaking my own rules here. This is a game I played in early access. I want to say a couple years ago, but finally fully released. Um, but the reason I'm allowing it is because in early access, it wasn't actually the full game. Like, some, of, some early access games you can play through the whole thing, and then they just, like, tweak things. This is a game that's all uh, f- full motion video, uh, so, like, half of it wasn't even recorded. It's called Not for Broadcast. You play as somebody sitting at a desk uh, running news broadcasts, and you're tasked with, like, cutting between shots to keep things interesting. You at all times can see four screens of four different camera angles of the same shot, which is great because it's all like live action, full motion video. So they actually recorded four different shots for everything you can do. Uh, And you've got to make sure you're like on the person speaking, but you don't want to hang on one shot for too long. And then sometimes they'll swear. uh, And so you're watching it in real time, but it's going out two seconds later. So you've got to bleep it as it goes out rather than when they say it. So you hear the swear, you wait two seconds and then you bleep while still trying to like cut between shots. And uh the, the 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 way that you frame things and the way that you like let certain things go through, or like if somebody's saying something bad about like the government, you can it wants you to censor that, but if you don't, then it like sways public opinion.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. So it's a game about propaganda essentially. Uh and you are like also you've got three commercial breaks per broadcast and you choose what videos to play. And I didn't realize this was a thing until I played it again, but there's a a commercial where you're like advertising this toy. Uh, and if you advertise that enough, enough people will buy that toy. And then it like the AI inside of it goes crazy and starts murdering people. And so you have this scene where you're running a broadcast, but you've also got to keep looking out the window because the toys are like climbing up the radio tower, like trying to break into your, your office while you're working. And if you don't play that ad enough, that just doesn't happen at all. Um, it's a lot of fun. The, all of like the actual like news interviews and stuff are very funny. Uh, there's like a, a group of kids, like teenagers, like an anti-drug kind of thing. And they put on this like music video that you're like cutting the music video. So you've got to like cut to the beat and like, it's got like another meter that appears for that. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. And then because the pandemic was happening and because they knew that they weren't going to be able to finish, on time, they recorded uh, a telethon, which is, like, an hour-long segment where you're cutting the entire telethon. Uh, and it's, like, the idea of it is, like, well, we had this previously recorded. This is from 20 years ago. You can use it to practice. And so you're going through this old version of something um, doing that, and that's wacky as shit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I highly recommend it. It's a very great game. The only issue is it's huge. It's, a, it's like, 60 gigs or something whoa, because it's all HD full motion video with four sure. <laughs> camera angles. That makes video. sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Uh, so it's massive. Um, but you, it's kind of like a papers, please in that you've got a lot of options to of things that you can do outside of the actual game that kind of affect what happens and like the, the state of the world. Uh, like you've got a son that wants to go join the rebellion and you can like tell him no or whatever. Uh, your, your brother-in-law is trying to flee the country. Uh, it's, it's good it's very good i highly recommend it you've been talking about that game pretty much all
0: year i've heard not yeah. for broadcast come out of your mouth many times when we've been chatting so
1: it's very good and now it's fully out you, you can play through the whole game start to
0: finish that does sound great no that sounds awesome i will definitely have to check that out yeah that's my number four your number four game of the year. So we're moving into top three territory. Top three. Top three. My number three game of the year was something that I thought could have been my number one game of the year before this year started. Uh, But here we are. It made the third spot on my list. That is God of War Ragnarok. What if I told you that's also my number three? Oh, Brendan, I'm so glad that you did so we could just have a little chat about it. Now we
1: can just talk about
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) That makes life much easier. (laughs) Um, God of War Ragnarok, the sequel to 2018's God of War. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that these games, they clearly, you know, Sony wants to make like the biggest budget blockbuster games that they possibly can. Boy, how do you do that? They come out with like one or two of them a year and it doesn't always hit, but like this one hit, it's, this game is The scope of like what
1: they're going for in this game cannot be denied. No, no, this one for me. I know that you weren't as hot on this one as I was, but this one for me did everything I wanted from the last one. The last one I feel like didn't have enough of the pantheon present. We didn't get enough faces. Sure, Uh, this one makes up for that in a major fucking way. (laughs) You get like everyone from the Norse pantheon showing up here.
0: As we all know, the Norse gods, Norse mythology is the best mythology. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows this. Um, so I can understand you feeling that way. I do like how the first one kind of set up the world. And eh, I mean, they knew that it was going to be multiple games. So they probably didn't want to blow it all in the first one. Um, so it didn't, that didn't bother me as much, but I could see why. Yeah. You're like, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? And then finally (laughs) do with this game. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, the spectacle of this game is incredible. Like, um, the worlds that you go to are, you know, largely a lot of the same ones that you go to in the first game, Mm -hmm. but they are redone um, in, like, fresh ways. And the new levels that you go to feel, like, as exciting to visit for the first time as they ever did in the first game, too. Like, going into a new area is always a super exciting experience, like what enemies are going to be there in what weird ways is this place like twisted by the state of the world
1: and thimble winter and all yep. that nonsense. Um, this one pays off to the first one. You only get to go to like what, five of the realms or something, something like that. Yeah. This one, you go to all of them. Um, some of them are small, like uh, Niflheim is very small. Um, but I still think it's, it's good that we finally get to go everywhere. Where the yep. first one kind of teased you with it, like, oh, this has been shut off by Odin. You're not allowed to go here. This one doesn't do that shit. No, this one,
0: you do get to go everywhere. You get to go to
1: Asgard.
0: Mm-hmm. You get to go to, yeah, the home of the dwarves. You get to see it all. Yeah, what we're a not shut out. What a fucking
1: spectacle Asgard is, too. Climbing that wall, turning the camera around and looking down at where you just came from. Oh, my God. I one know. of the best vistas in a game I think I've ever seen. I know. What a moment. They knew what they were doing. Um, the story of this game,
0: this is okay. So maybe this is my problem with this game is when I, when you start the game, I feel like it wants you to remember everything that happened in God of War 2018. And I did
1: watch like recap videos, like the story so far Mm -hmm. in this. Is this one of the games that had one of those? Like, did it have a, a recap video in the game? It did.
0: Yeah, it did even have that within this game itself. But I looked up like another one on YouTube before I knew that that existed mm-hmm. and got like the main story beats of that game and said, OK, I feel like I'm ready for that. And then the way that the characters are talking to each other, it feels like I wasn't prepped for the things that are important to the characters in the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm really confused, like when we're going through all these things like, oh, well, that reminds me of when we did this. It's really important that we proceed down this path because it's important to this thing that we found earlier. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't I don't remember any of that. It's (laughs) like they expect you to play this game immediately after having played the last game. Mm -hmm. But it's been four years. So nobody's I mean, people have done that, but I did. Yeah,
1: I played it again pretty recently. I guess I probably should have. I would have felt more prepared for it. I totally did yeah. not. Uh, this game also does the thing where it assumes you did everything in the last game. I kind like, of like that, though. I do. I do like that, too, because I did do everything. But I was like, while they were going through, it's like, yeah, I remember when we took down Segrind, the the Valkyrie Queen. It's like, if you hadn't done that, how like dissonant would that be to have the characters be like yeah remember when we did that and you're like no i didn't i didn't that is that.
0: all optional content from the first game that yeah. you can beat the game without doing and yeah you're right this this does assume that you've done 100 of the things so the characters can just freely talk
1: about yeah it. and like as somebody who did do everything i loved that Same. but i couldn't get it out of my head that like but what if i hadn't done that yeah no i'm sure that was true of many many
0: people who played yeah yeah <laughs> So they I I could see being frustrated if you were on the other side of that coin from you and mm-hmm. me. Um, but I thought that was cool. Uh I don't like the Atreus stuff. I know that we're not we're supposed to root against him at times. He's set up to be like this little pesky teen that is mm-hmm. going to annoy his father. And it's not like I'm like, oh well Kratos is the best. How dare you disrespect him? But I just the way that he
1: acts in certain situations. I'm like, yeah. well, he shouldn't have done that. Or like yeah. he shouldn't have he shouldn't have said that. He does a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with. And it's kind of like a continuation of when he was little piss boy, Atreus, towards the end of the first game, like when he realizes that he's a god and he turns into a major dick to everyone because it, it felt like that he got over that in the first game and then he kind of goes back to it and he revert. Yeah. He reverts back into that state. It drove me insane. I, yeah. I had that
0: exact same thought.
1: I'm like, I thought we were past this. Um, I did like that. This is like a, a different telling of all the stories. Like Loki wasn't a major factor until now in this universe, right. um, but everyone in the world who knows anything about Norse mythology knows Loki knows who he is. And they play with that in a lot of fun ways. Like there's an uh, a scene where Heimdall is trying to warn Odin that Loki wants to betray him, uh, and and Odin turns to Loki goes, "Is that true, Loki? You you little trickster." And I was ah. like, Ha-ha, "That's very fun. I like that a lot." <laughs>
0: And all the stuff with, like, the wolves where you kind of know what the real <laughs> mythology is with Loki and Fenrir yeah. and all of that stuff. It was cool to see it
1: presented in a different in way. In a different way. Uh, the only thing I I think was really missing was Hell. Hell has no spot in the game and I don't think is ever mentioned. Um, um, which is kind of a bummer because they did set up in the first game when you go to Helheim, they have that the guardian that sits on top of like the pyramid off in the distance, this giant raven. Which does that, appear in the game, too. It does, but you never, like, fight it. Like, it seems like it's setting up for. And you right. never meet Hell, who is the the ruler of Helheim, uh, which is one of Loki's children in actual Spo- canon spoilers, spoiler <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers for thousands of year
0: old. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, well, Fenrir and Jormungandr are also Loki's children.
0: And they also set up a cool thing with Jormungandr where it's, like, mm-hmm. a fun way that that... Was like the creation of Loki. I, yeah, it's they're doing interesting things here. They're
1: doing. Yeah, they're, they're doing their own story. And that's that's OK. Like at first, that kind of annoys me because I'm like, oh, but I know all these things and I want to see them play out the way that I know that they play out. Uh, but it's fine that they did their own thing with it.
0: Um, Beyond all of the story stuff, like the I feel like all of the different. Levels are cool. Like the exploration within those levels is is really cool. Like when you have a moment, they have lots of moments they, where they say, hey, we could go on the main path yes, and yep. follow up on this thing, or we've got some time and all of this section to explore. Do you want to go do that? And every time they asked me that question, I said, yes, please. Let's, yeah. let's take that second option.
1: I I had a few times where I was disappointed when I decided to go exploring Uh, specifically, there's a part where you're hanging out with Freya instead of Atreus. Mm -hmm. So it's you, Freya, and Mimir, and I went to Alfheim and started exploring the desert in Alfheim, and you free this giant, um, jellyfish, and they're like, oh, we're gonna have to tell Atreus about this, and I was, like, actually heartbroken that I didn't have Atreus with me for that scene, because I was like, this is the exact kind of thing I do want Atreus here for, and I'm so disappointed in myself that I did it without him, Yeah, and I'm sure it would have just been, like, a single line of dialogue if he was there, and it would have made no difference at all to anyone except me. But I was like, oh, damn it, I'm here with Freya instead. Yeah, I I had a couple moments of things like that, like, being,
0: like, out of sequence, like, where you go with Brock to make the... Oh, yep, to meet the lady? To meet the lady, and uh, he wants to be the one to tell... Sindri about it and you go to meet Sindri at his forge and he's like oh well how did it go and actually you know what I shouldn't talk to you about this I should talk to Brock about this (laughs) instead and you don't do that until you like meet up with him on the main path later on there's fun little weird stuff like that in there too Um, yeah the combat in this game too I think is uh, probably on par with the first game
1: I struggled with it a lot early on. Um, It wasn't until I think we had a conversation about this. It wasn't until you get to the what are this game's um, Valkyrie fights against the old kings at their graves. That's when I started to like really click with the combat and like the parry timing. I feel like I struggled through it the entire game up till then.
0: I feel the exact same way. It's only then when you are like forced to really think about, okay, well, how do I use these mechanics to my benefit Mm -hmm. to get past? What are these incredibly difficult fights that I'm slamming my head against a wall trying to figure out if I, if I had had the option to do some of those fights earlier in the game, which you don't until you like unlock the ability to unlock those. It's like very late in the game that you get those. Yeah. If I had had that opportunity, maybe I would have had a better time in some of the earlier combat arenas. Mm -hmm. Um, but it did at least let me enjoy the later combat arenas, which I yeah. kind of knew what I was doing. Yeah, you're right about that.
1: Um, But that was very fun. I liked it a lot overall. I think it did what I wanted from the first game in a bigger way. I hate that Muspelheim ended up being pretty much the same thing, but now more annoying than it was in the first game. It took me a long time to figure out how I was supposed to, like, do yeah. what they wanted me to do it, there, it, too. You, you get three arenas. All of them have three different uh potential things that you can do in them and there are nine locks that you have to open up or something like that uh and you have to do every arena like you have to do two arenas and then it opens a lock based on the order you did those arenas so you have to do every combination of arena to get everything and it's just like you end up choosing the same thing every time you go into an arena because you figure out which one's the easiest right like which one can i get through the fastest and so you just end up doing the same thing over and over in different orders very grindy that sucks i hated that yeah that um, was that was not fun yeah um and then what was the one that was the pink gassy place last time how did that was that niflheim i think it was and, and then now it's just a big white void
0: there's nothing in there except like a training arena although at the like end of the game you do find some stuff in there
1: which is kind That's of cool where the, the prison is yeah yeah um that was very fun i liked that they paid that off yeah. um also i think they really did did my boy Sindri fucking dirty in this game and i yeah, don't think I he deserved any of that <laughs> he had to put up with uh all of atreus's bullshit just to yeah have everything robbed from him i did also feel really bad about I that it's like and- this poor fucking guy i loved the scene though where he goes into their basement to get drop near the ring that turns into more rings every day
2: mm-hmm. that, that was, was very cool.
1: fun that
0: was really cool i liked that a lot.
1: Um, because that's that's an, an item from mythology uh, that they gave to Odin. Uh, so to have it show up and have it just be in a room full of these rings, like the actual logical conclusion of what would happen with an item like that was very fun to see. It's funny when they're talking about that, too, before he goes in, is like, well, but to be
0: able to even have that, you'd have to have a like cutting himself off before saying like giant room that could hold like all of the rings ever made. And he's like, yeah, no, we've got that.
1: no we're prepared yeah no we've got it under control and they've got (laughs) it on a chain so they don't lose it that was a very good touch
0: yeah they know uh how to play with this mythology and i'm excited for the next game even with the Sindri stuff it seems like yeah he was done dirty enough and was in a bad enough place at the end of the game
1: where he could be like the villain of the next game i hope he's not um but what was what was cool about his arc is that it's the reverse arc of everyone else like everyone else goes from being this angry fucking like murderer killer To like coming to terms with like I'm not that person anymore I don't have to be angry uh and Sindri does the exact opposite he's like on the complete opposite path of everyone where he goes from being so nice and loving and caring to just this fucking hateful like beast who ends up being the one to kill Odin it's fucking wild I feel like it's I mean it's like deserved or like justified why he would have become the guy that oh absolutely is, yeah oh no yeah i don't blame him for a second right. I, w- I almost called him a monster but i had to stop myself because i'm like no he's he's we made right. him this way <laughs> he, yeah he this was our fault he didn't deserve any of it Ah, <laughs> uh, man that poor guy best character in the game i think sindri uh, yeah, an all star for sure. Brock also was Brock really also really good, good. Yep. in this game. The characters in this game cannot be denied. That is, is no. I love I love mobster Odin as well. People are pretty pissed about that, but I think slimy fucking uh, mobster boss Odin is. Perfect. I was waiting for him to say capiche at some point.
0: <laughs> I liked it a lot. Yeah, I also loved that. That was the right direction to go with, and him just like hating Thor and
2: mm-hmm.
0: Thor being like. The drunk fighting character that we know him to be in mythology, but also yep. there's a great sadness behind all of that. Because, was really because
1: that comes with that. Like, it's the side of that kind of characterization that we don't talk about. Right. But they were like, were like well, if he was this alcoholic fighting angry guy, this is how he would be. And you're yep. like, oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. That's <laughs> Actually, <laughs> fucking tragic. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't want to be Thor. I've always <laughs> wanted to be
0: Thor, but now I'm second guessing myself.
1: Yeah, the guy literally drank an ocean's worth of wine in one story. You would not feel very good after something <laughs> like that. <laughs> not feel very good physically or just about yourself. Yeah. Um, I think that game did a great job with all the characters. Heimdall at first seems very one note, but is very like well done version of that kind of person. Like if he had that ability, this is how he would be. Yep. Very good. definitely.
0: Uh I'm almost out of things to say about God of War Ragnarok. I, yeah, mean, I, I
1: think that's pretty much it.
0: There are so many things that could be said, but like, I, I don't know. It's just an incredible game that should not be missed by anyone who has the means to mm-hmm. play it. Um, Sony, it's just when they swing big and hit on something, it's like nobody's doing what they're doing right yeah. now in some yep. scenarios. They nailed it with that. Yeah. So hats off to... Sony on this one will definitely be anxiously anticipating whatever the next game in this series is going to be. Mm-hmm. All right, Brendan, that was our our number three yes game of the year. Isn't that just so much simpler that way? It we don't have to. Really works out. Yeah, <laughs> we got to take time going back and forth. All right,
1: Brendan, now you tell me yours. Although I do think we ended up spending a lot more time on that than anything else so far in the list.
0: It's kind of the game, I feel like, that warrants the most discussion. Yeah, thus far. And there is a lot that I don't think that you and I have even really touched, uh, even in what we just did. There's, I feel like there's so much yeah, left.
1: Yeah, I said. feel like I could go on for hours about every aspect of that game. The good and the bad. mm mm-hmm. uh, But we should spend no more time talking about
0: God of War Ragnarok. We should move on to our number two games of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about what I want to do here. So, Brendan, la- last year, we both had the same game of the year, which was Psychonauts 2. Yes. A fine
1: game. And this year, we both have the same game, which is Psychonauts 2.
0: Uh, game of the year of all yeah, years, still, forever and Still always. the best game. There was no better game that ever came out in the history of games. Nope. Um, I'm not sure if that's true. <laughs> but it was the best game that came out last year, anyway. Mm-hmm. I would certainly awarded that uh my game of the year 2020 was uh hades do you think maybe yours was also hades
2: Ooh, i don't know I would have to
0: think
1: back on it i'd have know. to think about it um probably not though what came okay, out in 2020 i don't even remember what came out that year uh it's such a lifetime ago and you know
0: we are all of our heads were in a different space that year it's hard to even spend i probably time spent
1: the most games. time in that year's playing uh like persona 5 royal but i think persona mm-hmm. 5 had come out two years earlier So I don't think I would have counted that.
0: (laughs) Hard to say. I don't want to put you on the spot. I know it's hard to think back on these kinds of things without some sort of list in front of you. But it's safe to say that you and me, you know, we had the same game of the year last year and we've got a lot of crossover on our list. You know, God of War was just both of our number threes. We've got, you know, we've got our own tastes, but there's definitely a lot of overlap. Yeah. Now, Brendan, my number two game of the year is Elden Ring. Okay. Okay. I don't want to talk about it.
1: Okay, that's why. Yeah. Yet.
0: Because I don't I don't think we're quite ready to talk about it. Right. Based on what I know of you.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so can you tell me what your number two game of the year is instead?
1: Uh, my number two game of the year is tunic.
0: Okay, good. Thank God. Thank God. Everything I just said would have been bullshit if this did not go the way that I expected it to.
1: Yeah, I I put Tunic here. Um I fucking loved this game. Um, Good. We talked about it a little bit when you brought it up on. What did you bring it up on? Hardest bounce off. Yes, a negative a negative category. Yeah, but not not like the most negative category. That's true. Um, but still, uh, I can see why one might approach this game and then immediately go, "I don't know what the fuck is happening in this game. I cannot keep doing this." Uh, and I think it's that that aspect about it is what I really liked is that it was like, here's these really, like, obscure puzzles, but it also presents you with all of the answers, like, in a way that I've never seen a game do before. And I feel like everyone who ever talked about this game brought this up, but you've got a manual, like an old NES-style manual, and you're collecting different pages of it. That's, like, the main collectible in the game. Um, And every time you get the page, you get the front and back of that page, and it gets thrown into your actual manual that you pull down from the top of the screen and you can flip through page by page and you zoom in on it and it looks like it's printed. It's got like the different color like dots like it was through a dot matrix printer Um, and there's little handwritten notes uh, and like little scribbled on things. But everything you need to know about the game is there in that manual. So like, for instance, I said there's a fast travel uh, and it tells you how to do that in the manual uh, and it's very easy to do. It's not like a weird button combination. It's just something you probably wouldn't have even tried uh, if you if you didn't see it. Um, but then beyond that, there are some very hidden things in the manual. Uh, late in the game, like one of the last things you'll do is a giant doorway. Uh, and eventually you, you find out about a way to control fairies in the game. Uh, and if you put in certain button combinations, the fairies will unlock certain things. And you get a page... Uh, a grid with just numbers on it and the numbers correspond to different pages in the book and if you go to that page in the book you'll find a pattern hidden somewhere like in the background of it or like drawn onto one of the screenshots and you have to put them all together in the order of the grid and that gives you the combination that you need Uh, and it's that kind of like wild shit like I actually had to break out a piece of paper so that I could draw these symbols on the piece of paper so I could get this thing that I needed and I just adored that. Uh, I thought the combat was overly hard a lot of the time. Uh, like, I died a lot early on. I'm sure you got to the woods full of spiders. They got and they killed me. Yeah, repeatedly. they do that. Uh, and they don't stop doing that. The spiders never get any easier. Um, and the bosses can be frustrating. But I just something about the way they presented that the puzzles in the world to you in that almost everything that you need to beat it, you have right away. Uh, and you can, like, get to the final boss immediately if you want to, if you know how to. Um, it's all presented in this really nice way. It, it looks like an old Zelda game. It's called Tunic, even. You're a little fox in a green tunic. Um, there are fairies. The, the world is pretty small, but there's a lot of secrets in it. So you never feel, like, bored running around it. There were a couple occasions where I needed to get somewhere, and I was like, that's pretty far from any of the the fast travel points. So it was, could be kind of annoying sometimes to get to certain places to do certain things. But for the most part, uh, I enjoyed everything about it. Um, and then it also, I think gives you, uh, the final boss is very hard, but I think it gives you an opportunity halfway through the final boss to just stop. And like, they're like, Oh, we don't have to do this. You can just be done. Uh, but obviously that's not the real ending. If you do that, no, 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 um, of course not. I think the combat is the weakest part. Uh, what what really did it for me was that going through the the manual. The, the thing we haven't mentioned about the manual is it's all written in a fake language. Um, yes. So, like, there are things that are written in English and, like, you can actually tell what it's trying to tell you. But a lot of it, it just has, like, a picture of a sword swinging and then, like, a bunch of gibberish and then a big A. So, like, you know that I have to push the A button and that's probably going to swing the sword based on what I'm seeing here. And so a lot of that is just, like, you kind of inferring... In the back of the book, though, there's a notes section, like uh, an old game would have like a place for you to write notes about the game. Uh, And that has a way to translate all of the text in the book into Mm -hmm. English, Um, which I didn't do because the way that the the language works is like so convoluted that it would have taken me like all night to sit down and like make a cipher. Sure. Um, But it all can be translated because it it is all written in English, but just in characters that we don't recognize. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Just other than just that it was cool. (laughs) It's a very cool way to do it. I like it a lot. That's all I have to say about Uh, that without major spoilers and things.
0: I wish that I could like, I don't know. I I either wish that I was smarter myself or wish that like the game wasn't trying to hide things in like as abstract ways that it were like maybe. But, but that seems to take away from what would it, if it was more straightforward in some of the things that it was mm-hmm. trying to hide like in the manual or in the world that would take away from what has made it so special to people like you and I would hate to do that but like also I want to like the game <laughs> I think and it I, has I, some like I don't
1: know and it has some accessibility things but I don't think any of them help with the puzzles I think it's all like combat accessibility like you can't die like right. I think I turned that on for one of the bosses because it was just to the point where I was like I'm not having fun fighting this boss and I don't want to be doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, the combat was I, – I mean I was pretty early
0: on in the game. So I don't think I had probably unlocked all of like the weapons you can get mm-hmm. or really kind of understand everything about combat. Um, but it was pretty
1: frustrating and it sounds like maybe remains not great
0: throughout the
2: entire thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's trying to do a lot of like games that came out after dark souls like there's a lot of 2d games that have a dodge roll uh like a hyperlight drifter mm-hmm. or uh what's the titans souls is one yes where you're like you're relying on dodging attacks in a top down kind of way um and then like parrying things in certain ways and this does a lot of that um and it can be frustrating some of the bosses are annoying, but only because, like, you've got to do so much. And if you, like, mess up I only a couple times, you die. You have to start over. Uh, I think what's worse about the combat is there's a section early on where you're surrounded by enemies. And it's it can be difficult to deal with them. And you eventually get, like, a TNT. Like, you can throw a bomb. But I don't mm-hmm. remember how to get more of them. And I feel like I was constantly out of them. Mm. So, like, it never was something that I would rely on. That would cause me great anxiety. Yeah, uh, so I, I like didn't I or I would use them, but then I wouldn't have any. And like, you don't need them for puzzles or anything. I don't think. But yeah, and I'm <laughs> I am a ammo hoarder
0: in games, mm-hmm. so I would probably have lots of that but yeah never use it in combat and have to try to just like hack and slash my way out of a situation like that and probably would get super frustrated with it so
1: yeah uh overall though i thought it was very good i'm looking right now i spent about 15 hours with it okay and i think i played through it all once and then i started the second playthrough but everything was so fresh that i just like knew what to do already Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wanted to play it all again, but I was able to, like, sequence break things without sure, sure. without even really meaning to. Yeah,
0: you unlocked all the secrets. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of those games, like, like an Outer Wilds, although Outer Wilds is a little different, where it's like you wish that you could play it again and wipe your memory of yeah. like all the things that you know from your first playthrough. Because if
1: you even have just that one, that one puzzle piece that is the crux of everything, then... It, I don't know. It's it's even impossible. Like, Outer Wilds, I actually picked up again a couple days ago and started mm-hmm. playing it. And I was like, well, it's, it's not even going to be fun to go around and collect the clues because I already know the ones that matter. And so, like, right. it's not going to matter to me to make sure that I'm picking things up. There's nothing you can do to, like, it, unlock something that
0: wasn't Mm-hmm. something that's going to matter beyond like the, the big picture stuff that's
1: already in your brain. Like there's not, there's nothing that can
2: replace yeah. that
1: moment. And like, you. you just have it. Some games can get around that with like a randomizer, like, Oh, they move the items, but games like this and the outer wilds where it's a mechanic thing. You, there's right. nothing to be done about it. It is what it is. Yeah. We have all the answers. You had all the clues, Mr. Policeman. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a great time with tunic. I would recommend it to anyone who likes that kind of game. Um, but obviously it is not for everyone and I can see how it could be, uh, unapproachable in a way. I know that I'm going to go back to it. Like
0: I know at some point I'm going to try to pick it up again and see Mm -hmm. if I can just power through those frustrations, um, and, and maybe pay attention to the parts of the game that I wasn't paying enough attention to the first time around, Mm -hmm. like maybe lean into what it sounds like is important. Um, but I just, I, yeah, I guess I don't, I don't think I was playing it the
1: right way. And I was, and it was causing me to have a bad time. And I always hate that with games. Like I've got a friend who I'll be like, well, you're not p- playing it right. And he's like, oh, I'm not playing the game right. And it sucks to have to be like, yeah, you know, you're, you are playing it wrong. <laughs> like,
0: <there laughs> it is a, sucks to have to tell somebody There that.
1: is a wrong way to play the game. Um, <laughs> that sucks. I hate that. But I had a lot of fun with it.
0: Well, I will give it another shot at some point, and I do hope I can find the love that a lot of people seem to have for this game. Mm-hmm. But clearly, it must have meant a lot to you to make number two on your number list. Number two. A very high spot. Yep. Wow. Incredible. Tunic. What a game. It's an adorable little character of the fox.
1: Oh, yeah. And you can you can find a secret room that lets you change your colors. Oh, that's good. That's also very Zelda. And even that's kind of esoteric, too, like how you change your colors in that room. (laughs) Naturally. Yeah, of course. There's no easy answers in anything
0: that you do in this game.
1: Can't somebody just hold my hand? (laughs) Gotta read the manual. Classic. A classic online response when someone doesn't know what they're doing is read the fucking manual. And now there's a whole game about it.
0: (laughs) Wow. Incredible. Tunic, Brendan's number two game of the year. That's the one but it wasn't number one on your list. It wasn't. Oh, we already know what that is based on <laughs> a conversation we just had <laughs> not long ago, but I guess I'll go before you do that. All so right. So we can have a nice long convo about that game. Uh, my number one game of the year, believe it or not, was neon white. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. You'd played a lot of it.
0: I played a lot of that game. You know that because you were kind of my main competition when it came to like yep. friend leaderboard times. Um, I picked that game up after you did, but, uh, once I started playing it again, you jumped back in and we kept trying to outdo each other's times and levels, which was really fun. Um, I think the drive of, yeah, trying to find the way to beat the level, each level as fast as you possibly can with the tools at your disposal, uh, yeah, trying to beat friends times, developers times, like earn all those medals and things and finding ways like I, oh, Oh, I had never considered that I could just skip What the level lays out to be like, you have to progress through this whole entire portion of a map. You can, if you just twist your perception of it a little bit, Mm -hmm. you can cut off like so many things that are built into the game. Like, you don't have to do many of the things. And the moment that that clicks for you, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, wait a minute, I have, I have, like, you feel like you have outsmarted. Yeah the developers who put that in there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, the
1: only stipulation of the game is you have to kill every enemy before you exit the level. Uh, yes. That's the only reason you have to go to any area is to kill the enemies there. So sometimes you'll get levels with entire sections with no enemies in them. And it when you finally realize, like, I don't even have to go in there. I can right. just jump off the building here and go right to the end. Right, right. Wild. Progress past all of it. Or like I can...
0: Jump at this weird angle off of this like waterway that makes me move really fast. Mm -hmm. I can jump off of this and have a window into this building that's just next to me where all the enemies are. I can launch an explosive in there hoping that like the blast radius Mm -hmm. kills all the enemies in that room. And then I float my way down to, yeah, like, the end path yeah. of the level.
1: Uh, restarting is so quick. Like, if you realize you missed your shot, you tap R and you're back to the beginning. Um, snappy. Very snappy. Which is which is good and bad. I found myself resetting when I didn't need to sometimes. Like, yep. I would think that I missed something. And then as I'm pressing the button, I see that I didn't miss it. But I've already reset. Like.
0: <laughs> That's something I did a lot. That's something I've been doing a lot in like the last week. With Ollie Ollie World has yeah. like a quick reset you can do, where I'm like, damn it, I didn't land the trick, and then I do land the trick, but still restart the level. I'm like, no, I finally did it. You've already, your brain has already input the move to your hand. <laughs> like, I know, I know. I, it's it's the muscle memory of like trying to do the thing, but then yeah, knowing oh well, you didn't you didn't get it. No, but you actually did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neon white is really good with that kind of quick restart which i think is important in a game like this where it's all about yeah just speedrunning and it, i'm not even like i don't speedrun games you mm-hmm. sometimes will speedrun games yeah um i don't and it's not like i would go out there and try to be like a world record setter in this
1: but this makes anyone feel like a speedrunner yeah yeah it wants you to to go fast and i actually think you have to i think you have to get a certain amount of like high tier medals to be even be able to progress the game. Yes. So yeah. you have to learn to like think in that way and act in that way,
0: mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. I feel like I have not personally played a lot of games where I was in that mindset. Um, so this was a new experience for me. Um, the mechanics of like you are speed running through levels and shooting enemies, but it's all card based, like based on the cards of guns that you pick up. Um, But even that at first seems really daunting and confusing because you're like, it's like a platforming card based game. But then you realize
1: it's not really that like at all. I actually almost didn't pick the game up. I had to wait until a friend recommended it to me because I saw the pictures in the trailer and I was like, it's a It's a fucking deck builder. Like, what is this? I don't want to have to shuffle my hand of cards around like. But it's not really. You can only hold two types of cards. Yep. Uh, yep.
0: This is true. But that's. And kind then of there fun. are moments where you have to consider, well, like, should I burn this card to grab this other type of card, mm-hmm. um, which is all color coded? So, like, you'll see an enemy in the level. Well, if I kill them, I know that I will get this other thing. Yes. Like, I do have to kill them, but, like, at the sacrifice of being able to pull off this jump that I can see coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not even really yet. I had the same of initial turnoffs where I'm like, I don't want to play like a card based. I'm not huge into like deck building games in general. Yeah. Um, But jumping into this and realizing, oh yeah, that's not, that's not what we're doing. That's here not at what's all.
1: happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, it, it looks like it. Like if you're looking at screenshots, you'll, you might think that's what it is, but it's really not. Um, And it's not, it never becomes like a thing. I think the only time I ever, felt like the card system was weird was when I had to switch between the ones I was holding to like pull off a trick like if you use one it switches to the next one but like sometimes you could have two of one right like I'll have two snipers and a and a shotgun and like I want to use a, sh- a sniper and then the shotgun but if I just use a sniper it's not going to switch me to the shotgun so I have to like manually switch and then do it real fast uh, yeah. and that can be difficult to pull off sometimes but Otherwise, it's never too bad. And this is a
0: game that uh, I can't imagine having played on console. We both played this on Steam. And Mm -hmm. if you had had to play this even with a controller on Steam, like, oh, my God, I I, I can't imagine not
1: (laughs) using a mouse and keyboard for this. There are some flicks and like, you would whip the camera around sometimes to do certain skips. And I can't imagine that would be miserable unless the
0: game ran slower. It is on Switch, so it definitely runs slower on there. (laughs) That's true. Um, but playing on PC with a controller, yeah, that would just be absolutely mad. It'd be a
1: nightmare. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider it.
0: I think I did try to do that with like my sensitivity turned all the way up in my sticks on a controller and it was just, it was, yeah, a disaster. Uncontrollable. (laughs) Yeah. It's just spinning. You would spin it like 360 degrees on accident because you can't help it. Yep. Um, yeah, that was a nightmare. If the gameplay is really cool. I think the style of the game is really cool. Yep. Um, it's pretty simple, simple and clean. I would, I would say, which are two words together that Brendan is very fond of. Yep. Yep. You know what you just did. (laughs) (laughs) It's a video game podcast after all. (laughs) Um, the characters are all kind of dumb and their dialogue is really dumb, but the more it went on, they really grew on me. I was like, all right, this is, you know what? I'm enjoying it.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with that. It's got that kind of, like, anime high school oh, sh- yeah. shitty game writing, um, but it knows that's what it's doing, I think, and Definitely. I think that's okay. Uh, what I didn't like about the game were the boss fights. I was just surprised to even know that there were boss fights. Yeah. Uh, when the first one came up, I was like, oh, a boss fight, and then I did it, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> please never not- do this again. <laughs> It's not great. No. Um they're not
0: very fun. I do like some of the like chases that you have to do in those boss fights, like some of the moments where you're chasing after the boss. Yeah. Um but like once they start attacking you, it can be really fucking frustrating.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's not It's not perfect, I can understand. I think the problem is that it's a speedrunning game and they're long. Oh, yeah. And so, like, if you fail it by one second, you're doing the whole fucking 15-minute long boss fight again. It goes against, yeah, the nature of the game itself. Mm -hmm. You're 100% right about that. Um, But they do count. They have medals, so you you do have to (laughs) do them fast. You gotta do them. You gotta do them and you gotta do them fast. Yep. Um,
0: And that also leads to frustrations with, like, those level rush modes once you finish the game mm-hmm. like you can make it all the way through the entire thing but fuck up one level and have to start the whole thing all over yep. again which is like over an hour but that is what that challenge is yeah so that's you can't the not really point Hold it. it against it
1: yeah I, I never did the hell rush for the whole game i did the heaven rush which is you get three failures i think yes uh the hell rush you get so. one yep and if you
0: fuck up that is the end. Of that's it. it. You have to start yep. all over again.
1: Yep. And then you also get the Mikey rushes, which you do every level with the uh, rocket launcher, which lets you rocket jump and grapple. I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the rocket launcher has the grapple. But you have an infinite rocket launcher and you have to do every level, which was most of them were not designed to be done with the rocket launcher.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's very game breaking.
1: Yeah, uh, well, sometimes and then sometimes it's like this is much more difficult than I think it needs to be. <laughs>
0: yeah, limiting like you might be in a room full of like explosive barrels or something. Mm-hmm. And like if you or like those lines that cut through the level that if you touch it, yeah. it explodes it and you die. You. Yep. Um. And yeah, with the rocket launcher, it's like very easy to trigger something like that. So you have to think about it in a very different way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a fun thing. I think the music in this game fucking rips. Yep, yep. It's so good. I have this soundtrack saved to my Apple Music library. It's wicked. Good. Yeah, there you go. There's like lyrics in some of them, like the Cloud Nine song where it just keeps going Cloud Nine.
2: <laughs> Cloud it's awesome. Nine.
0: Yeah, that game rules. I love the music. I love the gameplay. I love the style. I love everything about that game. I wouldn't have thought it would become my game of the year. And I sat down and looked at the lists and looked at one and two And said, am I putting Elden Ring at the top of my list because I feel like I want to or because I feel like I have to? And I decided, you know what? I want to do this. And I made the change. And I'm feeling good about it. Neon White is my game of the year. Yeah, there you go. Uh, An incredible game that I will at some point go back to and finish those hell rushes to get through every level. I swear on it. You're going to have to play the entire game again just to relearn the levels. Remember how you're supposed to actually do everything. Yeah, (laughs) I know. That's going to be a disaster. I should have done that
1: earlier, but now,
0: <laughs> now it's going to take me three
1: times as long. I want to say I did all the heaven and hell rushes for all the friends. Maybe yes. not yellows. Maybe I didn't do yellows hell rush. Those are also difficult, but at least they don't
0: take over an hour. Yes, <laughs> they might take over an hour of you repeatedly trying to do them. And no, but the, but a full run is again. like fifteen minutes. Exactly. Yeah, much more manageable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, those ones I knocked out, but I swear. I swear to you now, Brendan, and to all of our listeners, I will get those two hell rushes. The white one and the Mikey one. And the Mikey one. Uh, I probably won't do that, but I (laughs) said it in a public forum, so now I feel obligated to. Now you have to. Uh, I've made a huge mistake, but not a mistake at putting neon white as my game of the year. Brendan, bam.
1: It is time. It's time to talk about Elden Ring.
0: I've never really given you much of a chance to do that on our podcast before, but uh, I don't think so. Elden Ring is your game of the year. It was my number two game of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't feel equipped to talk about it, but I know you are.
1: The floor is yours. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with Elden Ring. Uh, I know that's the tough part. Elden Ring, for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, the next or the latest in the line of Souls games. Soulsborne games, people call them. Uh, this one does something majorly different in that uh, you have a jump button. And that's fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> also, breaking. Also, it's open world. Uh, and that's, I think, uh, a, a huge positive and also a huge negative for the game. Because just like all the other, like, Souls games, it gives you very little direction. Um, I would say this one gives you the most in that the bonfires actually point you to the next bonfire along the golden path. Without uh, that, I don't know how you would be able to play this game no i don't i don't think you would so every area has a boss and there are certain bonfires in the area that the game considers to be the golden path through the area and those will point you to the next one eventually straight to the boss um but apart from those there are hundreds of other ones just all over the place uh tons of things to go do at any given time um and it's overwhelming i spent I want to say 10 hours banging my head against the first boss of the game. Uh, And like at the time I was like, this is the hardest souls game they've ever made. I can't beat this first fucking boss. What am I doing wrong? And what I was doing wrong is that I was fighting the first boss uh, and not exploring the world. Uh, I had put little time into exploring, but once I did, I found the sword that I like. I found upgrade materials and then the game like kind of opened up in a huge way for me um, I feel like I had the same – I actually <laughs> had that same experience where I just kept
0: going and slamming my head against this boss repeatedly, texting you like, Brendan, I'm trying to like this game but I can't do it because yeah. I can't beat this boss. Like, What am I doing wrong? That's exactly what you said to me. You said, don't do it yet. Yeah. The game has directed you to this boss and you should not be doing this yet. You need to explore what this game offers you before yeah. you like try to do this kind the of thing. The meanest that's, thing the yeah.
1: game does is it tricks you into thinking you should go fight the first boss. Yeah. Um yep. What's really fun about it though is even though that's the first boss it directs you to you you can go almost the entire game without even entering that area. Like that once you beat that area it lets you out into a lake and like the lake is where the the next boss canonically would be uh, at this like wizard school. But it, you can just walk around the castle that's blocking the lake. And you'd never have to even set foot inside of it until like, it comes time to open the big door at the end where you need to have killed all the, the, the dark souls or whatever. Um, so you can do this game in any order you want. Uh, the, the areas are set up. So like, you're not supposed to be here yet. These enemies are much too strong for you, but if you want to, you can go there. Uh, and so like people do challenge runs at this point where like, you've got an hour from a fresh save, to get as strong as you can and then we're going to pvp like so (laughs) people run around they've got like plots rooted out to like how am i going to go get this weapon that i need and this charm that i need uh that's really funny yeah so you can just do some wild shit uh and kind of like in tunic there's a lot of puzzles in the game that it it does not tell you anything for like there are these big things walking around with like bells on their backs These big stone dog things. Um, And they're just walking for the most part. Later on in the game, they start shooting magic beams at you. Uh, But early on, they're just walking around and you're like, I want to get up on that thing. um, But I I must have to like jump on it from above. I'm going to have to find some way to get above it and jump down. It took me, I want to say like 80 hours to figure out how to get them to go down to the ground so that you can just climb up on their back. Same. And that's fucking wild. And I loved it once I figured it out because there's one that's in like a, a valley that looks like you should be able to climb up onto the rocks around it and leap onto its back. um, And that's the one I eventually was like, fuck this. And I just started like wailing on its legs and figured out that it's got these like crystals that you have to break and then it falls and lets you in. Fucking cool. <laughs> um, there are sections where you'll like open a chest and it'll teleport you to some area you're not supposed to be yet. And you're like, oh, "Oh, God, God, how did I get here? Where am I? What am I doing here? Yeah.
0: (laughs) When you look at the map and realize, like, where you've been sent, Mm -hmm. like, you start in one area, kind of like you could start somewhere close to the beginning of the game, open a chest and be like, oh, God, I'm not only am I so far away from, like, I'm like way in a place that I'm way under leveled for. I can tell, like Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to be here yet, but also it kind of reveals like the scope of the map. Like, Oh fuck,
1: this is way bigger than I realized. The map keeps getting bigger as you progress through the game. Like it, it, it zooms in on the map to the areas that you have unlocked. So at the beginning, it's like, you're zoomed in and you're like, all right, this is a pretty big map. And then you get through like the castle into the lake and it, like it gets a little bigger and you can see like the lake is there now And you're like, oh, okay. And it does that like seven fucking times. There are so many (laughs) oh shit moments with the scope of this
0: game where you go, oh no, I'm not even close to Where as being,
1: as I have so much more to do and see. And that happens. And then there's one part where you go into a building, which you've gone into hundreds of buildings just like this one. And you push a button and you're on an elevator. And you're like, all right, an elevator. And the elevator takes like five fucking minutes. And you're like, how long is this elevator going to go down for? And you come out of it. And you're in this giant cavern with stars in the sky, like you're in another world now. And you pull open your map, and you've got a second map. <laughs> and you, that's, welcome to the new new game. Yeah, just like oh no, oh no, this map is twice as big as I thought it was. <laughs> uh, and I think that even happens one more time too. Like there's uh, there's a very uh, obscure thing which. If you've played the other games, you might know to try it, but otherwise you probably wouldn't. You fight a boss and there's a, a waterfall and there's a uh, a coffin on the waterfall. And if you get in the coffin, it goes over the edge of the waterfall and takes you into another new map. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just fucking wild. I got the platinum for that game on my As first character. Yeah, it actually wasn't bad. It's the only Souls game so far that I have platinumed. Just took a lot of time. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I had to start a new game plus to get a weapon that I had missed. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I, I got everything in one playthrough. Um, very cool game, though. Uh, a lot of secrets. Like I said, there's one really obscure thing that was kind of a pain in the ass where you have to have a certain helmet and go stand in front of a statue and do a certain emote to get it to open a door. And it's like, that's kind of frustrating and obnoxious. <laughs> lot of dumb stuff like that that (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's true i love that kind of thing though because again that's something they've done in dark souls previously there's a secret boss in dark souls 3 i think where you have to go to a certain place and use a certain emote and then it will take you dark souls 1 even did it actually you have to get in a nest and do the crouching emote and then a big crow picks you up and carries you back to the the tutorial area uh that's really funny yeah it's just shit like that but this game was so much fun to explore but it has the same problem that, like, Tunic has, or like we mentioned about um, Outer Wilds, where now that I've seen it all, and now that I know where to get the things that I need, uh, I find myself doing that. Like, I just go straight to what I need, straight to what I want, and then I'm missing things that maybe I also want, because I don't have the drive to explore, because I'm not like, what? I wonder what wild secrets will be around the corner now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played that game for probably 140 hours on my first playthrough, Uh, And I enjoyed every second of it, I think it was except like the first eight hours when I was bashing my head against the boss that that sucked. Yeah, once it clicks and you feel comfortable and you get in the
0: groove in that game, there's almost like no other there's almost no experience that is like that Mm -hmm. in gaming. Like once you are finally feeling free and being like, okay, I'm I'm in this, I'm playing it the way Mm -hmm. I want to play, like I am going to go
1: do the things that I want to do yeah it's like
0: otherworldly
1: yeah like just incredible it's so good and there's tons of like little secrets and hidden mechanics and things like uh did you know when it's raining electric magic does more damage i did not know that but that makes sense yeah it does 10 percent more damage and fire magic does 10 percent less damage in the rain and they i think do stuff that's like that very in, good uh, breath of the wild i think they do, do do they not yep they do clever yep um I don't know this game. I I had a great time with it. I wish it's another one that I wish I could forget so that I could go back and and then re-experience it. Uh, I often used to say that dark souls was like one of the greatest experiences of a first playthrough. Just like as you came around a corner and opened a door and realized where you were and how this world connected, this did something similar, but in a different way where it was just like, there's so much hidden here. There's if you go poking around any given corner, you'll probably find something cool um yeah rewarding with stuff like that absolutely you don't feel like you're yeah. wasting your time very often which yep. is huge and there's like all kinds of like hidden bosses and stuff that maybe you wouldn't see like if you kill all the shopkeepers in the game like there's these little guys that sit around fires and have little tents and if you kill all of them you can collect uh their their bell bearings which lets you buy their stuff from the shop in like the hub area um but if you kill too many of them this like force from another world will start hunting you down uh as like a punishment for doing it it's very good all kinds of crazy shit and some bosses only spawn at night like in certain areas there's like uh some truly classic fights i feel like like
0: if all-time video game boss fights mm-hmm. i can think of several in this game that i would count
1: among those like the what is it lady millennia Melania, yep she's fucking brutal she was so hard for me until i realized that i just needed to block <laughs>
0: like,
1: efficiently yeah. easier said than done well because i could get her down to her second form and her second form starts with her flying in the air and then she bombs the ground and does this huge aoe explosion and i was like two-handing my katana and never blocking anything i just dodge everything right. uh and i could not figure out how to how to survive that attack And then I was like, fuck it. And I pulled out a shield and I blocked it and took no damage at all. I was like, that's all I had to do the entire time was just block the goddamn. (laughs) The answer was in front of you the whole time. Yep. yep. I did get a fun sequence break, though, where I in that same area right before that boss, there's an elevator shortcut. I climbed up to the tower where the elevator shortcut would go once it's unlocked. And I accidentally threw myself into it. And my character died on the way down, but it didn't fade out until my character hit the ground, landed on the button that triggered the elevator, and I faded out as the elevator went up to like the <laughs> the yeah. open position. So I skipped like that entire last area accidentally. Huge win! Oh for yeah, you. great great times. That's really funny. Uh, uh, that was a very fun game. I thought the final boss kind of sucked, but what can you do?
0: Uh, I yeah, I mean it was. Again, you know, in a game that I think has some
1: incredible bosses, I don't know if I would count that as like the best ones in the game, but I thought it was still pretty good. No, I think my favorite boss was this, the big glowing yellow guy that you fight your first time heading up to the tree. Yes. I thought he was very fun. Yeah, that was. Oh, and then the deer, the deer that flies around and shoots magic at you. I thought was also very fun. I like the big weird snake guy. Uh, The one in... Under the volcano? Yes. Yeah, that was kind of The guy with the unsettling voice. Where you have to use the special weapon to fight him.
0: Yeah, I thought the special weapon was so dumb that I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, I mean, I don't have much... This is why I wanted you to sort of take the lead on this one, Brendan, because I don't really have a lot to say Mm -hmm. uh, beyond anything you've said. I'm not a novice, like I'm not completely unfamiliar with Souls-like games. I've played a few. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the first one I think I've ever beaten, though. That's fair. Um, And uh, I certainly, I mean, along with that fact, I've enjoyed it more than any of the other ones I've ever played. Um, Yeah, everything you said, it's just like an incredible experience that never stops unfolding itself as Mm -hmm. you go along. Um, And it was really, yeah, once once you get it, like once you're in the zone, it's like there's almost nothing quite like it. Yeah, um, I think that the messages that people left all over the world were very funny. I yep, try,
1: try finger butthole. Yeah, try finger. Uh, why is it always you don't have the right? <laughs> yeah, or the one where they sing it: you don't have the right, or oh, you don't have the right. Is this dog? Well, I, it's like a turtle. The dog thing was my favorite of like of the Dark Souls memes that people do with those messages writing dog in front of every turtle in the game (laughs) or any other creature that's not a dog and then if you did see a dog people would put horse very good i love it that was that's the best one of those because there's always like the magnificent chest ahead whenever there's like a female npc okay
2: Um, (laughs) all right yeah
1: (laughs) and then the tri-finger butthole you know um but the dog thing fucking kills me people use
0: that in really clever ways Mm -hmm. So are those messages that's just there forever now?
1: Like, if I went back in the game, would they be in the same spots? I'm pretty sure they're only online uh, as long as the person who wrote them is online. Got it. So you can't it, see them it. if they're offline. There's also a thing you can do in the game where you can put in a friend code, and you can have up to five of them, and that um, affects the pool of, of messages and summoning signs that you see. So, like, uh, if you and I were to make a code, it would make it easier for us to find each other. Um. And so I joined a couple of those. I think there was like a a besties one, and then a, my, some friends in a, uh, of mine also set one up. But yeah, so so it's a pool, uh, but they're only there when you're online. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, people are very funny with that. Um,
0: I don't know. I I don't have a lot else to say, Brendan. It's an incredible game that I you know maybe it could have been my game of the year. Um, but it was number two on my list. Number one on your list. It's um. Uh, to think of how many years that we spent like waiting for this game and that became the meme like, ah, oh, Elden Ring will never come out. Mm-hmm. And then it did. And it was way better than I think anybody had even it expected it to be.
1: Very cool. The lore was cool. Some of the different endings were pretty cool.
0: Um, So I guess this is, I mean, this is probably what happens every time one of these games comes out. But Brendan, here's the big question. Is it, you, do you think maybe it's your favorite
1: of the Souls games? no. Didn't think so. Nope. <laughs> I think Sekiro is my favorite. Wow. Bold choice. Mm-hmm. Sekiro and Bloodborne are, are my top two. Bloodborne is usually the one that mm-hmm. I feel like most
0: people go with. And those are the two, Sekiro and Bloodborne, I think, are the two that I put the most time into of any other Souls game before Elden Ring. But um, I can confidently say as someone who's not deeply versed in that series, like this is number one for me for sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's definitely up there. Um I would probably put it above the Dark Souls series. Nice. Um but I think they're all great. And it, it's like a it's a very close race between all of them. It's uh yeah, choosing between your favorite
0: children, something that everybody <laughs> loves to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, incredible. Uh any other final thoughts on Elden
1: Ring? No, I don't think so. Except that if you haven't played it, you should go out and play it. Uh and also uh, I did start a level one run and got relatively far. <laughs> How far did you get? Uh, I, I'm curious. I to got know. to the third boss, which feels nice. good to me. I beat, That's pretty good. I beat the, the magic lady. hmm
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: You talked a little bit earlier about like jumping out of sequen- sequence for things. I think I fought the magic lady in the school like third. Yep.
1: Instead of second which i think most people did she kind of yeah if you're following the path it lays out for you she would be the second one you encounter okay i think i
0: fought somebody else before i fought her and then realized that i had done it out of
1: order but the beautiful thing about this game is that it doesn't feel out of order to you when you're doing it Uh, i think what happened for me in regards to that was there's that island to the south of the starting area where there's like a keep that's being overrun i didn't go there until very late in the game and I also I th- did not go there till very, very late. I think it's actually intended for you to go there first because the, a lot of people point you like a lot of people will talk to you about that and like, oh, there's a war going on down there. We have to help them. I think it intends for you to do that very early in the game. That's funny then that you and me both didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> until I did Way later. <laughs> I didn't even bother. Um, and then when I did, it kind of felt weird. Yep. Yeah. Because there's, like, that guy sitting there. And I had met his daughter already, and I had progressed past, like, her quest line where that should go. mm mm-hmm. um, But uh, they've added... That ends well. Yeah. <laughs> as, as do all quest lines in this Swell series. <laughs> everyone gets a happy ending everyone gets what they wanted you didn't ruin their lives by showing up <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this all falls on you uh, they have recently added uh, some pvp modes to the game which I think they did with dark souls three at some point as well um, there are these coliseums dotted around the map and now those have a purpose which they I always felt like that's what they were doing with them yeah. Um, but now it's official. Now you can actually go in there and you can enter like timed battles, like 3v3s, and there's like a ranking to it. Do you think you'll go back and check that out some more? No, I don't I don't like the PvP in these games. It stresses me out.
0: Uh, I would just get absolutely bodied by everybody mm. that I find in those places. And yeah, I just yeah. I don't want to do the, that to myself. What
1: I really liked about this game is that you didn't get invaded unless you wanted it. Yeah. Um, which didn't happen in any of the other games. Every other game, there was at least uh, a couple sections where you could get invaded. Mm-hmm. Except, I guess Sekiro. Sekiro had none of that. Uh, I appreciated that because that's one of my least
0: favorite things that can happen in these kinds of yep, games. Yep. So,
1: no, I hate. Uh, that. I don't like the PvP.
0: <laughs> I'm bad at it. Well, then that means we're forever done with Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Probably not true. I I probably will go back to it at some point and check it out again. Try a different run.
1: Yeah, I hope they release a DLC. That's the. You think they probably will? I mean, it seems like they always do. They have for everything else except for Sekiro. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sekiro never got a DLC, but this one it looks like there's a spot on the map for it already. Okay, so we we might see because there's like the, a big lake in the center of the island that you're on, or the landmass that you're on, and it it stays foggy. It's like a very easy place to to slap a new island. <laughs> Just clear the the fog, and we've got a, a whole other section
0: of the map. It's uh, the last oh shit moment that they'll ever give us. <laughs> yep. yep. Just when
1: you thought you were done, you're right back in it. Yep. Uh, so I hope they do. Uh, if they don't, I think that would be fine. Um, but I hope so. And it's a game that I'm going to give uh, probably a, a wide berth before I go back to it, because I want yeah. to forget some of the stuff. For sure. Try to go in as fresh as you possibly yeah. can but they'll it'll never be the same as the first no, time i'm still waiting to feel like i'm ready to go back to breath of the wild and it's been what six years seven years now i'm kind of at the same point i'm like maybe i should
0: do it again before the next one comes out but i'm like
1: no but it's not maybe
0: i should do it in like 10
1: years or something it's not I fun when you know what's coming i know the the beauty is the exploration of the game there's nothing to be done. Yeah. unfortunately.
0: But you know what is done? Our top ten, our list. Our, our top ten lists, and our game of the year twenty twenty two podcast. A lot of you know uh, we were a little bit down on the games that came out this year, but looking at our two lists, like there are some. I feel like the games that were good were really, really good. Yeah. So you can at least feel good about that. Like I'm hopeful that things will pick up in twenty twenty three, um, but. Uh, what we were left with here, yeah, ultimately, I'm, like, looking over this and every one of those experiences and everything you described that I hadn't played, like, a lot of those games <laughs> sound really appealing to me, and, and I think I'm going to dig into more after we're done with this. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, not not bad, we say. Yeah, pretty good year for video games. Pretty good year for video games, better year for video game podcasts, the like this one <laughs>
1: like this one
0: <laughs> uh okay let's wrap this shit up uh <laughs> that was our game of the year podcast uh gotta recap at gmail.com if you want to reach out with what some of your favorite games were for 2022 or if you want to let us know what games you're looking forward to in 2023 mm-hmm Uh, this, you know, as we've kind of moved forward with what our podcast is, we'd like to expand into other areas and might do some more video game stuff. We might cover some other video game topics in future bonus episodes. Yeah. So if there's anything along those lines that you would like to hear from us, also let us know at the email address and perhaps that's something we could check out and discuss with all of you. Yes. Do that. We'd love
1: it. Right? Right. We would like to play.
0: Ah, great pull, Brendan. Great, (laughs) great pull. Uh, Speaking of pull, I'm going to go pull on my triggers on my (laughs) controller to shoot guns because I love video games. Video
2: games.